Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I don't like blood. This is uh, the podcast with Gorley and Rust. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, Paul Rust. And I'm Matt Gorley. And uh, it's a bit of an odd night tonight. It's Sunday the 27th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt and I, uh, I guess a lot of times we end up doing uh, these podcast episodes late Sunday evening. That's Yeah, it's and, usually our schedule. And tonight's no different. Um, late, late Sunday evening. Late, late. Yeah. Usually uh, we we start recording around 1 a.m. Right, right. Completely serious here. We go from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. That's right. 4 a.m. Yes, until dawn. 4 a.m. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, no different right, on right. this very night. Yeah. Uh, except one thing. Right. And if the podcast sounds any different to you and you're a new listener, you may not know that. Will Smith, yes, that Will Smith, is our producer. He sets up the mics, he engineers it, he edits, he publishes the podcast. Yeah, for the last couple of years. Yeah, we don't do a thing. And it's just because he's a fan and he doesn't ever want to get on mic, he just wants to yeah. listen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he was a, sort of like a fan turned um, associate. Yeah, because he, he wasn't podcast. the producer on the um, in Voorhees We Trust. And then he was such a big fan, he kept reaching out. Right. And our producer for that series died and then <laughs> and then he, yeah he said he would uh or was uh, murdered we don't really know yeah i guess yeah. we never looked into that we never really figured out who done it yeah after all i never even stopped to think about how he died um <laughs> well well you know, we could build a whole podcast. Yeah, that's a story that. for another time. Uh-oh. Point is, Will Smith became our producer on In Myers We Trust and has been ever since. Yeah, and uh, he's not here. And we got a text, right? That was like, "Hey guys, can't what was it? Hey guys, can't come in tonight." Or yeah, it was weird. A couple we typos. don't know what it's about. Yeah, it seemed like. Rushed. He'll usually text with emojis, little joke, an exclamation mark, none of that. And I also like how, yeah, there's exclamation points. um, 
but how the ones with periods are actually kind of the more genuine ones. You know, right. Oh, right. it'll be like, uh, um, excited for the show today, exclamation point. Working with you guys is always the best, period. You know, see you yeah. soon, exclamation right. point. You're like, ooh, it's actually it. the periods that really mean it. He means it. And so his text was, can't make it tonight. Yeah. Long night, he said. Long, Long night. night. Yeah, that's period. what it was. Yeah. And we don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And at first I thought maybe it was a, K-N-I-G-H-T night, like a long night, like he had to do battle with like a very tall night. Yeah. That still right. makes more sense than what I'm trying to interpret otherwise, but... Because uh, Paul and I have a very strict no phones, no media policy before we record for five hours, we meditate. And so... In the pod. Right. We get into the pod the for pod, the pod, pod. Yes. The pod pod. And so... I, I haven't checked the news to see if there's anything. No, because, you know, we wanted... I'm assuming Will won, because that was sort of the buzz. Oh, that's right. The Oscars were tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't know that. No. Yeah, no, no, no. I assumed, oh, he's he's being awesome. He's carving oh, out time for his schedule. Right. Even though he has to go to the Oscars tonight, he's still going to show up for this, which I was like... He said he was. Yeah, and I'll be honest, when I put in the schedule, I kind of was like, hey, if I was, well, I wouldn't schedule this for the time, because if I win, even if I didn't win, I just want to, you know, go to the after parties and have a great time, and uh, yeah, so the Oscars were tonight, Matt, and I assume, oh, that's it. you know, maybe he just, he's at a party, he's having yes. a good time, he's celebrating what I assume he won, um, but yeah, like like you had mentioned, uh, our we sort of have emptied our brains uh, through meditation so that the only things that are still there is um, our thoughts on the running man. That's correct. Which is our own personal best picture winner. Exactly. And I was in a, a flotation chamber, sensory deprivation flotation chamber, for two hours thinking about nothing but the running man so that I could deliver my most cogent thoughts yeah, at 1 a.m. Your fingertips are all wrinkly. I noticed that. <laughs> Pruny. Anyway, I guess we'll catch up with Will next episode. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure if he'll we didn't back. have to tackle the, you know, the weirdness of why isn't he here right now, uh, I would lead off with, I have never seen this movie, but Matthew suggested it, and thank God, because I love this oh, movie. Oh, yes, thank me too. Thank you for suggesting it. That whole preamble was just a way to say that this is the podcast where we talk about <laughs> Horror type movies, thrillers today, a bit of an exception, but we're on the spring king fling. Yes. And this is a, indeed a king novel, novella by Richard Bachman, his pen name. Mm -hmm. This is the show where we talk at length. It's a cozy cast. Yeah. It's a cozy day. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust, get feature length commentaries on films, mailbag yes. episodes, draft episodes, there's merchandise. It's all in your show notes. It's, it's, yeah, all in the shoe notes. That's right. As Ed Sullivan used to say at the beginning of his shows every night. <laughs> and if you want to check out the Patreon, it's in the show. It's in the shoe notes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, talk about a cozy day, man. I actually had that thought as if our podcast wasn't focused on coziness. I like stepped in from this kind of gray, coldy day. Mm -hmm. Coldy? Coldy day. Coldy like Han. Cozy, coldy, coldy Han. <laughs> and I stepped in here and my immediate thought was like, 
ooh, it's very cozy in here. I love oh, yeah. this. And it's then cool. I was like, uh, duh, of course it's going to be cozy here. <laughs> cozy that's, a, that's Matt's thing. Middle name. <laughs> we got two little bits of business, and sure. that's just to say that we got two baby xenomorph names to read. If you subscribe at the highest level, the baby xenomorph, you can have your name read as well. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com. The first up is, uh, and that is Karma Watts. The second is um, Charles Alquist. Hey. And then finally, both of our bands have a gig coming up May 3rd at the Federal Bar. Ooh, that's right. Uh, people can uh, get tickets online. Uh, I think... Uh, it's a little cheaper if you get online as opposed to at the door. That way and, you know you're coming too. Yeah, uh, that's we can, right. We can prepare something for you. <laughs> Some banners. Yeah, and banter. What if we prepared something like uh, the E.T. ride at Universal Studios <laughs> where we have all of our names, their names programmed in our mouths? What a noble experiment that was. <laughs> and it pays off. I'm still, it's still in my heart. The last time I saw it was 1990 and I still appreciate how... Just so people know, they do a little magic trick where they get your name in line while you're waiting for E.T. the ride. You kind of forget about it because you're dazzled by the wonderment of going back to E.T.'s home planet. <laughs> That's right. And then when you're leaving, uh, and it wasn't until after it happened that I did the math of like, oh, I know how they did this little thing. But as you're leaving, you, you know, he goes, goodbye, Matt. Bye, Paul. And what was the thing if they didn't have the name? It'd be like, goodbye, friend. Oh, I, yes, because I've told this story before. Uh, a friend, uh, Jeremiah. Oh, right. It was like, goodbye. Uh, it was three guys, Matt, Brad. Goodbye, Matt. <laughs> Bye, Brad. Goodbye, friend. <laughs> <laughs> How sad for like a family like in from Japan yeah, and it's a, goodbye, friend. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye, friend. Goodbye, friend. And then they hear in the background as the next car comes in. Goodbye, Sally. Boy, goodbye, who were Ted. those strangers that were just here? Yeah, ET's not very. Uh, it's funny because uh, what what's so great about that movie is it can be watched around the world, and we yeah. all understand how that little man, that little alien, can touch <laughs> our hearts. Yeah. So you'd want it to have it in the ride too. That's right. Also, the ride, um, because it had water, but the lines were it involved water, but the the in the line the room was like carpeted. It had that kind of nice like oh, dank. Smell. Oh, kind of mildew. That right? Yes. That how did they get. get your name? Um, my and granted, I had to remember this after because when I was like, "What did they do?" So it's a little shaky, but I just remember them in line, somebody coming up and they had like a little like, you know, when you're at a drive through and they have like a little thing to take the order on, yeah. a, on a pad electronically instead of having to wait to the window. I feel like it was something like that. Mm. And they just ask you. Yeah. But I'm sure they had to be dressed up as the Universal Studios people. Was it just like in an out burger? <laughs> <laughs> but I know I'm just saying, like, if some strange person <laughs> grown up walked up to a child and was like, What's your name? And then they put an electronic keypad. Hi, little, little, hi, little girl. What, what's your name? <laughs> Why? ET wants to say it. Okay. <laughs> I blew it again. I cannot tell a lie. Um, <laughs> Um, all right. The running, and I'm going to say it like Richard fucking Dawson. Yeah. The running man. Yes. Why does he stress man? 
it's because he's Richard Dawson and he's always going to say things differently and he's always going to have those pinkies out. Oh, God, I love the pinky up with the rings oh. and when a when a pinky ring or a finger ring can also tink against a glass oh, God. with uh, ice and a drink in it. There's nothing better. Yeah, that's my the genius ring. casting. Of put I, you know, I'd seen parts of this and I knew Richard Dawson was in it, but he's so that good. is, and you know, I know he was a legit actor before but he was a host of Family Feud. Um, yeah, and they, after Family Feud was done, you think people would just be like, oh, he's got. I mean, he had been so uh, typecasted, I guess, that he's playing a game show host in yeah. this. So maybe that was, that was, but after this, maybe he could have played a, a talk show host. Could played a- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he was a legendary prick. So maybe that was part of it. Too. Is that so? I think so. I think that there was some truth to even like how he would be nice to people in public, but kind of mean to underlings on family feud. That's, that's the rumblings anyway. And that's bad. That's a bad place to be. A, a bad person. I mean, it's always bad place to be a bad person, yeah. but like families from around the country are circulating through there. It's like if they were going and getting a virus and then bringing it back to their hometown, which they're they all going- literally were because he was kissing all the women. <laughs> that was my first understanding of Richard Dawson was my mom disliking how he kisses the women so much. Even back feud. then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I mean, my her. mom's right on. I think we've yeah. established that on this podcast. Yeah. My mom was, is cool and right on. <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. That yeah. wasn't sarcasm. That wasn't sarcasm. I believe it. But yeah, she was like, I remember being like, uh, she was like, that's so. And then it is really, I mean, you watch the game show network and you watch reruns as fun as they are. That is something you kind of have to be like, oh, God, the fucking and wet lips of Underage daughters, too. Like, he would kiss them. Was, so what's his innocent explanation of that? Because it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is that not just him, like, having a little, like, getting a little flirty charge? Because he doesn't do that with the fellas, right? No, if certainly this is not. a greeting that is just completely uh, empty of any erotic... Uh, feeling? I, why doesn't he just? I, I'm hard Bugs Bunny to remember. style kiss, <laughs> kiss the bit of the lips. Yeah, I don't even think I remember him shaking their hands. The men. Wow. Yeah. So he's a uh, he's he's one of those guys who's uh, nice to the kisses the ass above the line, shit to the below the line, jerk to other dudes, nice. To women. Predator to women. Predator to women. Yeah, no good all around, I guess. North, east, west, and south. Richard Dawson, kiss on the mouth. I mean, (laughs) he's perfect in this movie for whatever that's worth. Oh. God. Yeah, I mean, just um, fantastic because he does have, um, what, how many years of uh, the cadence and... Mm vibe the delivery system of a game show so oh, it's it just incredible. like so hand in glove when he does it but then the fact that he's um it's almost comparable i'm just thinking of this right now of like uh jerry lewis and like the king of comedy or something where like he's getting to play like a dark edge of something oh, yeah. you see like so seeing him get to be like yeah this sort of I mean, they were also kind of making him like, uh, I mean, speaking of non-erotic kisses for men, 
on Family Feud, they're doing this like Bond villain thing where he partly like loves Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah. And I guess they got along famously and were friends up until the end. They got along? Yeah, apparently. What are you talking cigars? That very well could have been. Um, I'm hard pressed to know what those two have in common, but I'd like to be on a fly on the wall to see it. Yeah, because the only thing I could think of that the, they have in common is like rampant narcissism. Yeah, well, maybe that's it. But then it's like, how do that, that that's two positive charges You're or right. whatever. How does that work in a room? Good point. Who's the alpha? Maybe they hung out, but like Lady Hawk and one was asleep and one was awake and they would just, the awake person would talk about themselves the whole time while the other slept and then they'd trade off. <gasps> I've never seen Lady Hawk. So the <laughs> fact that like I'm getting the, a really funny comparison that like, I'm like, oh, I get that. But also be like, that's what Lady Hawk is? Do you know the concept of Lady no. Hawk? No. Oh God, this just came up on another podcast. Is she like, she transfers into animals or what's that she called? She transfers. Shapeshifter. In- they're cursed, Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer. She turns into, I can't remember who's night and who's day. She turns into a hawk. He turns into an owl. So he must be awake during the day. And they, but they're, they're off phase. So he turns into an owl at dusk. She turns back into a woman at dusk and they can see each other for a brief fleeting second. Oh, that's romantic. Yeah. It's tragic. And Matthew Broderick's in there. Ro tragic. Rome tragic. And yeah, what is uh, Broderick's, when I looked at the poster, that's what I'm trying to, uh, ooh, and remind me of the poster video cover for Running Man because that'll get us on track for- okay. How to for me to talk about the movie? Okay. But what is Broderick's? He's like a little surf or a page that kind of carries the animal when and hangs out with them both. Oh, fudge! See, I thought it was like a never-ending story situation where he's contemporary and somehow getting into this medieval oh, world through it. No, a, this is all set back in time, as well, far as I remember. This is a perfect segue for the running, the running man, the per- running man. That is funny. It should be like the running. Yeah, the running man. We all know the man. We all know men. Yeah. Man as a concept. This guy's running. Uh, but partly why I never really dug into watching the running man in retrospect, where I was like, why did I steer clear of this for so long? Was I think the poster and the video box, because it was like Made the movie look way more stark and like graphic. Is it the like face? The yeah, it's the a gray, black and black, white yes. kind of grainy, pixelated right. uh, surveillance shot. Yes, with red titles, right. "The Running Man." On it looked more like um, I don't know. It just seemed like it was going to be a. What kept me away from it is like, uh, like just a, a, it would be like grim. It was going to be like a yeah. grim post-apocalyptic thing. And then like 30 minutes in where I'm just like, this is so goofy. And then what do you think when you got to Dynamo singing aria operas and <laughs> shooting lightning bolts out? And then singing, I love that guy. And then singing a final high note because his <laughs> dick is getting, his balls are getting chainsawed. No, that was Buzzsaw. Oh my God, I confused But it them. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Dynamo and his little buggy. 
<laughs> That's right. Dynamo had the buggy. Yeah. Oh, I love. Yeah, that this is all motorcycles and buggies and oh, stuff. Oh, Dynamo is a real opera singer. Also, what I really liked about it was whatever the rules were in the Running Man, that there was like not guns. Things didn't fall into like easy gunplay. Yeah. So it kept things kind of like interesting and fantastical. And I think maybe that was the other thing. I thought it was going to be like uh, uh, a Schwarzenegger. Shoot him up. But hey, as long as we're talking Schwarzenegger, I mean, we, we talked, uh, we did the Predator commentary. Yeah. Um, but we've never really fully, I don't think, talked Schwartz. I don't think we've done the full Schwartz. Pod. Yeah, the full Schwartz. Uh, I can see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Thoughts and feelings about Schwartz and this? What are your thoughts and feelings? And what are your thoughts and feelings on Schwartzy overall? I will say as I was watching this last night, I I don't know if this will be controversial. Mm. I think this is the best Schwarzenegger has ever looked, this movie. Part of he it does is, really look good because he doesn't have maybe roid head. Like he, yeah. he still kind of has this like lean jaw. Yeah. But maybe you were talking about his torso. Everything... Even when he has a fake beard, that look of him with a beard and that kind of close cropped but long on top hair, he yeah. just looks so good. And then he's in a sweatshirt with suspenders and like high waisted trousers. Gold's like, gym. Yeah, Gold's but World's gym, gym. It says World's gym, oh. which I believe was his gym for a while. He had an actual gym. Nobody's saying no. They're just like, yeah, you yeah. can wear the shirt yeah. for well, this future place in 2019 and you're a ex-cop turned mind worker. I mean, a lot of this due to, once again, our wonderful researcher, Brantley Palmer. Because this was originally going to be Christopher Reeve. He was attached and working with a director that they had to abandon the whole thing. Andrew Davis yeah. was the original director who's fantastic. He did uh, The Fugitive. Um and under siege and uh, uh for the slasher heads here he did a movie called the final terror I think uh with Ahmet Zabid who's the guy in Greece too and uh that is the most insane way for me to describe what the slasher movie so just know that Andrew Davis has done a, a slasher I believe um oh wait Adrian's Med. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Who did I say? What, how did I... Ahmet Zmood? <laughs> the wickedly talented. <laughs> well, uh, you might be thinking, because this says Dweezil Zappa, you might have been thinking of Ahmet Zappa. Okay. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you for getting me out of that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, the best, best he's ever looked, you said. Yeah. Yeah, and and he's not become the megastar he will become. He's not become self-parody, but he's also not become good yet either. And I just like feel that's my sweet spot, Schwarzenegger. I want yeah. unironic, but not taking itself seriously. I want on the rise. Did I say Shakespeare? Uh, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> William Schwarzenegger. Arnold the complete works of William Schwarzenegger. Shakespeare Dagger. Because he does do Hamlet in The Last Action Hero, right? Um, they do like an action Hamlet oh, trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he goes, to be or not to be, not to be, and not then he fires be. a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when for you, do you think the Schwarzenegger on the rise, is that everything pre-kindergarten cop? I think it peaks at T2. 
and then it's downhill yeah, from there. That's insane that I picked Kindergarten Cop instead of the movie <laughs> hey man, one I'm year later you. that I pretty much that defined who he was. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I like I like Schwarzenegger Ascendant and Mid Ascension. So this era of from maybe like Commando, Rod Deal, Terminator, this uh, Total Recall. Because he hits his peak with T2, and I think as much as I yeah. love that movie, I like a little low rent in my shorts. I, I, yeah, I hear you. And, you know, when you listed off those titles, did make me, I, I had a reflection watching the movie. I was like, oh, this does seem to maybe be true of of Arnie, which is that, um, I don't know if it's his like otherworldliness in terms of his accent and just his look is so not how movie stars normally would look that unconsciously, I think there was a choice made that he can be only in fantasy and sci-fi movies. That might've even been conscious friend. I mean, right. Okay. Yeah. Starting from Conan. Right. Into, I mean, the only ones I could think of that aren't have some element of sci-fi or fantasy is commando and red heat. But those, especially commando is like a comic book. Still really like, cranked uh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Has he ever done a drama? Like he's done comedy. They put him in comedy because that works too. But has he ever done a drama? Right. Because even True Lies, which is an action thriller, still has a comedy, comedic element in it. So it's not like he's ever done a straight. He's hmm. never has. I mean, that you have Eraser. To- I mean, Eraser uh. still has his like quips. You know, he shoots an alligator and says, you're luggage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, so like you have to hand it to him for for knowing what he is there. Like, yeah, but it also tried. means he's in like really dope movies. Yeah, like he's yeah. not in these kind of like conventional cop movies or some dumb. Like they're really really fun movies to watch him in. Which is the difference between him and Stallone. Stallone both really tried to do drama, was successful at times, and then not. This is what I was getting to, Matt. Oh, sorry. No, no, come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is what's fun. You're seeing it too. Stallone, I was like, all of his action, his work is like so rooted in reality yeah. and like the streets. Rocky is like a guy you could know and Rambo, the the first Rambo movie. I mean, I know it gets to cartoonish element, but it is kind of like he's a real vet. And what would happen in right. reality if this? So something happened around early to mid eighties. I don't know if things were just getting because I think Stallone probably topped out that eighty five when he had Rocky four and or, or yeah Rocky four and Rambo. Too. And Cobra was a little before that, right? Yeah, yeah like, kind of all happening in like an 18-month span. Yeah. But somewhere after that, at Running Man's 87, people switch over to like, we like genre, non-reality-based stuff, and Schwarzenegger's our dude for that stuff. Get out of here, Stallone. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad. You heard how he tricked Stallone into doing um, uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. No. Because he started figuring out that like Stallone was trying to like follow his path and figure out what Schwarzenegger was doing. Like so, so like it's something like Junior. Yeah. But uh this would have been post twins. Twins, right. But Schwarzenegger yeah. pretended this might just be lore, pretended to have interest and in stop over my mom will shoot. 
knowing it was a piece of shit so that Stallone would take it and then basically jump on a ship that's sinking and then like Schwarzenegger's like sailing away. Oh my God. I mean, what Stop Bugs, or My Mom Will Shoot came out the same year as T2. So that's just such oh, a funny like geez. F- and after Oscar, I think, Oscar? Too. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I man. think Sylvester Stallone is really, really funny. He has, like, definite chops, and you see him in a, some SNL sketches or just... Yeah. But when he's in a flat-out comedy, yeah, he's too he's hammy. Awful. Yeah, Oscar. He's so hammy. And then Oscar. in Oscar, it's just really... It doesn't work. I wish uh, somebody could find... I think he could be, like, really funny in, like, a Tarantino movie or something, like, that's half reality half genre or something let me Uh, ask you this do you think schwarzenegger and stallone are done do you think they'll they'll make like stallone will probably still make his types of movies these genre movies but will they ever have you know because stallone's had a few comebacks copland kind of brought him back rambo brought him back again rocky and creed brought him back yeah I, I'm hard pressed to think of. Is that the fourth time he, I've he, used the term "hard pressed" on this? <laughs> I had just noticed that. Uh, I, yeah, I think when Creed came and he didn't get an Oscar for that. Not that I care about Oscars, but other people see that as like a signifier. Well, and obviously, I, we didn't watch it tonight. Yeah, I mean, I have other more interesting things to do, like hanging out inside a pod, meditating. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't fully immerse myself in water. I just go ankle deep in the. Oh, in I the, wondered why yeah. you, just your toes were crinkly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, what were we saying? So, with that, the, will they have another? Oh, I don't think so. Like, I think they're a little bit like um, Teen Idols, which is yeah. like the, a version of Teen Idols, which is like the thing you got biologically can only last for so long. And then once you're right. past that, it's sort of like, uh, yeah. And also they, I don't mean this judgmentally, but I almost made it as objective fact. They've both become grotesque. And I mean that objectively, like they, both they, the teen idols and the no, Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Oh, 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 because but of thought, what they were. Yeah. Physically, what they have to do to keep up with that just becomes and like, how it looks sits on them at their age. It's tough. They can they can't sit comfortably in some serious movie, but I could see some point where they both get so old, and then they bring them in for some supporting role in a legit movie where it's like you haven't seen Schwarzenegger like this before, or you haven't seen Stallone like this, which they already tried with Copland, and I I loved Copland. Yeah, me too. Successful. Stallone has a much better shot of it, I think. You think because he like was previously nominated for Oscars, and and like is, I mean, I know he's like a a punching bag. Of he sorts looks for, weir- weirder than Schwarzenegger, I would say, though. That's true. If somebody's going to be like a, a movie star again, it's maybe more likely like Arnold Schwarzenegger, whereas Stallone might have a... Yeah, he would have to be like in a part where it's like he's somebody's grandpa who's yeah. about to die. And he's got to be vulnerable. Like he's got to take off his wig and he's got to like just... Yeah. Like and let his body go, you know. Stop yeah. taking HGH or whatever. Yeah, and just become an old man. You know. You know I was thinking about it. Um, okay, so we didn't watch the Oscars, right? But if something happened at the Oscars, sure, it might have made me reflect on how, like, oh, a, a divide seems to be in Hollywood in show business. The beautiful. And not so bright, 
versus the bright and not so beautiful. Tale as old as time. And I was like, oh, that is the fight. So like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, it's like, you guys got your run. Yeah. Boo-hoo, you're 16. Now nobody buys you. Like, uh, why would that elderly man be so beefy? We have to make a whole movie explanation. <laughs> <Wait. laughs> he's and an unfrozen uh, caveman. That's like why he looks like that. Yeah. They have to give up their franchises too. Because they like Stallone's been picking at the bones of every one of his franchises <laughs> and Schwarzenegger a bit too with Terminator. He keeps coming back and they're diminishing returns. They're also Always, thinning yeah. it out. Cause you can't like Rambo Rocky. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, honestly surprised he hasn't done Cobra again. Expendables. I know. Or Tango and cash yeah. or cliffhanger. I mean, those are all for the taken. I'd, I'd take a cliffhanger. I love that movie. Hey, uh, uh, that's great. Also, the commentary on YouTube that Stallone gives for Cliffhanger is awesome oh, as well, if you wanted to ever listen to it. He I tells would. really, really funny stories. That's like when I'm like, oh, Stallone's funny in this commentary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I I hadn't seen this movie before, so it was a little like um, uh, uh, all new to me. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I was just like so happy that you recommended this because it got me to watch it and then it got, got me to love a new movie. I just love any 80s Shakespeare. I'm just going to call him Shakespeare for the rest. Please. Okay. Any 80s Shakespeare romp. But this one I hadn't seen for a while and I know I love it. I love it because you can see the seams. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. What year was Blade Runner? 82. Right. 82. Five years after Blade Runner, when there's basically a blueprint for how to do dystopian future LA. And this is what we get. The budget must've been so low. I know they spent $700,000 on a version of this film that they had to throw away because of the, the misfunction with the first director, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. But, and then I think the director had to like sell his, or producer had to sell his wheelchair business to fund this movie. And you can see the scenes, the scenic design, it's just yeah. so shoddy. Everything feels like wood. And I love it for that reason. Yes. And they, they did put some good money into like some of the, like I love the the costumes they put the running men in, you know, yes. those like neoprene wetsuit. And they also just look like um, what I imagine was the trendy exercise wear yes. at the time. Like what yeah. you would see people jogging around in, yeah. not running, jogging, the yeah. jogging man. <laughs> um I'm going to change the rules here a little bit. Instead of the jogging man, can we do the peeing man? Can we take a little pee oh, break? Oh, we can. We'll yeah. be right back. With and There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Corley and Rust. Okay, we're back. We're back. Now I, for I the did talking get a men. quick text from Will and he just said, sorry again. <clears throat> Everything's going to be fine, he said. Oh, yeah, well, I, I guess still, he's having fun at the party. Must be, yeah. The I, don't after know party. What, I don't know what that was. Did he even say if he won or not? Or? Yeah, oddly, he didn't. And, you know, because we're on a media blackout, we were not allowed to look. Uh-huh. So he didn't know. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see him next episode. Yeah. Um. So uh, should we kick it with a little Logo Loco? I think is that Is that time? I think it's time. And that... Classic TriStar logo. Yeah, I don't know if we've... Did we get one before? That's what I was wondering. I don't think so. I think we got one in a commentary. So it was like, oh God, I wish we were doing this just so we could talk about this TriStar logo. And we weren't allowed to because it was a commentary. So I've been (laughs) holding on to this. Let's talk about how great Uh, is that TriStar logo. Boom, 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 boom. That tune just like takes me into movies. You want to know who wrote it? Okay. It's going to blow your mind, man. I feel like I've heard this because that podcast I like, The Art of the Score, did double episode on the music to movie oh, logos. Oh, yeah, yeah, so you probably... But- is it James Horner? Dave, Jer- Gru- Dave Grusin, baby. Who? Dave Grusin. Who's that? Dave Grusin? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> oh my God, you're looking at me no, like, no, I why just, did I'm, I marry? I'm excited that I'm going to open up your life <laughs> to the look, coziest. No, your look to me was like, why did I marry a murderer? <laughs> Grusin, G-R-U-S-I-N. He's a film composer. I don't know who he is. Uh, Matt, oh my God. I'm just excited. I'm like somebody who's like, who's uh, the Beatles? What's the Beatles? Wait, what did Grusin do? He did this uh, score for for uh, Tootsie. Oh. What What's the legality? Can I just play one little... I guess we oh, played yeah. Eric Clapton last week, so uh, <laughs> right? We could do this. If anyone's going to come after us, it's him. Um... Uh, yeah, I doubt Dave Grusin's going to get to Dave Grusin. That is so funny that I was like, this is going to blow your mind. Dave Grusin wrote it. You're like, who the fuck cares? Uh, In my defense, you did deliver that like John Williams and I. <laughs> I mean, totally in your defense. I That was no, an insane. I should know. What else did Grave, du- Grave Dusen do? <laughs> it's, it's Sunday at 1 a.m. Yeah, and you know, we... Uh, Okay, so here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But wait. Did he also write something telling me it's not? No, that's Stephen Bishop. So they. It's very Bishopy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then this is my favorite. Gruesome Hugh. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I know all these. Yes. Oh, he didn't do Mr. Mom, did he? No, but uh, it's a Grusin sound alike. It is. It is. Yeah. You can see that he uh, 
that and the Bloomingdale's font together go so perfectly. The sound of that and that kind of like exquisitely thin, oh, uh, like yeah. Bloomingdale or elegantly, I should say. What, what did the, what else did Dave Grusin do? Oh, okay. Then? So he did. Um, oh, I think he did that really. Um, so he did on Golden Pond. Okay. He did um, the Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh. He did um, the Goonies. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. <laughs> um, the Firm. I think the he Graduate. Did, uh, Three Days of the Condor. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing this. Oh, yeah, he did the Firm. The like just all piano. He's still working. Mm-hmm. Dave working, not Dave Grusin. <laughs> he did Murder by Death. He did The Friends of Eddie Coyle. He did uh, The Getaway, Funny Face. Wait, that's a TV show. Oh. Hmm. But yeah, the... Oh, The Girl from Uncle the Andy Williams Christmas Show. I've watched that. Wow. So you've tasted gruesome before. Oh, man. Okay, so now knowing that, can you believe what? the choice? Dave Grusin? The guy who did... <laughs> and the footage was directed by Sidney Pollack. Oh, my God. So somewhere in some studio, uh, Sidney Pollack was directing that. Now, he... um, And their first movie, I think, was The Natural. TriStar? Yeah. So if you went and sat in the seat to watch The Natural... Out of nowhere, a fucking unicorn. Is it a unicorn or just a? I think it's a, a Pegasus. Pegasus. Yeah. What? I for some reason I want Red Dawn to follow that, but I don't. I think Red Dawn was MGM. Ooh, what was? Yeah. What I was gonna say, like, what kind of um, when you'd see a logo? Yeah. Deep logo, loco talk right now. Um, what is the feeling you get? Like when you when you see the TriStar logo, oh. I don't mean the logo. What's the feeling you get? It's just like what movies do I get from this sort of thing? I when I see this, I feel like I'm watching a VHS on an afternoon rainy day after school. Oh, perfect. Sign me up with some tomato soup and yeah. grilled cheese. Yeah, on a uh, day not unlike today. Yeah, it's associated for me. This wasn't, I guess, my question, but it was uh, that I'm an- not answering. But uh, the it was a. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan was the TriStar logo. Oh. So those together was felt so good. But yeah, the TriStar just to me feels I think they might have done Weekend at Bernie's. So kind of that like makes sense. high concept stuff. Yeah, a little left of center. Yeah. Orion reminds me of Platoon. Red Dawn was United Artists. Now, United oh, Artists okay. always reminds me of Bond. Yes. Yeah. Which United Artists logo? That, that really freaky bet yeah, you one? Yeah, that scary one. That it dun- is such a weird... Yes. What kind of mood are you trying to set for people going to the magic of the movies? I guess it's all up, up from there, all downhill from there, but yeah, all they're like, uplifting. Let's strike terror the <laughs> hearts of everyone. Them. Yeah, it's also yeah. really depressing. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, on the other end, the Paramount one is so fucking uplifting. Yeah. And 20th Century Fox, too. Like, you want to go fight a war for... Yeah, for that big logo. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, uh, yeah, so so when this came on, I was just, like, so excited. The last time I think I watched a TriStar one was the Blob movie, when I watched oh, the Blob remake. Yeah. Uh, Probably me, too. Because they're, they're long gone, right? Yeah, they got rebooted or whatever like 
seven years ago and kind of maybe do like two or three movies per year now. Like I oh, remember Ricky and the Flash. Remember that Meryl Streep movie? That was like no. a TriStar movie and stuff. Whoa. Yeah. So if you still want to get that logo uh, in your heart, I don't know if they, I mean, I'm sure the footage is different, but I wonder if like. Let's see if we can find it. They have like (laughs) a new young TikTok version of Uh, Pegasus. Current TriStar logo. TriStar logo. TriStar logo. Oh yeah, they've got this like tristar television and it's a real high fidelity looking pegasus coming at you oh so and then they can just kind of put it that's right they just put in the place of the columbia lady oh so it's not that because sony owns both and that's why the studio that kind of like cool thing that um looks like a a pyramid that Richard Dawson walks into oh, and walks yeah. through the set. That's the Sony building right across from the that's Sony right. lot. Yeah, that's right. They put it like a mat tower on top of it. Yeah, but, um, they sure did. I mean, not even a mat painting. It's like mat needlework or like a rug. It's so sketchy. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like I a... It. I know, it's like a studio's ver- studio version of like canon movie or something it is and it has like a carpenter feel with the title the like prologue total music. carpenter vibes yeah. holy crap i mean like the shanty town that's under yeah. like a big empty sit desolate city that I, is ruled by one jumbotron projection screen with uh like incandescent or yeah, incandescent bulbs. Like, like yeah, and the marquee. last shot I love is it, it in the it, it goes to please stand by as if like we've solved the problem of television. This one billboard <laughs> now just says please stand by and still leaves room for a sequel. Hey, thank God. Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, uh, well, you mentioned that yeah, the kind of the special effect at the beginning versus Blade Runner. Because it's also part Blade Runner, that opening. It looks like sure. the, the cityscape yeah. is kind of similar, right? Is that what mm-hmm. you're sort of suggesting? Yeah, and just how – but just how – I don't know how you anyone could see Blade Runner and go like, this will do. When You're right. <laughs> I'm oh not saying God. not everything needs to be kind of Art Deco-like Blade Runner, but just <sighs> – this was just so phoned in and they're wearing like – batting helmets and holding current day 22 rifles and just yeah i mean it's a budget thing obviously no but it is like a a a very um uh sincere yeah (laughs) they're trying their best all the money went into dynamo's suit and not just for electronics but sheer size you know yeah just a per inch yeah per inch of electricity um I also got um it also kind of seemed to be hybrided with Star Wars from that opening crawl to kind of the idea oh, yeah. of like there's a rebellion even in that opening crawl they're kind of like but there is a rebel faction trying to fight this uh, empire of sorts <laughs> right <laughs> um and then uh uh, uh mixed with a Bond movie. It did just feel like yep. he's Bond with the quips. I'd really be... I bet Steven D'Souza, the f- screener, has to be on the record somewhere as a Bond fan. Because like those... His quips, his little funny puns are just... Yeah, and he's pulling from himself by saying, I'll be back. 
okay, can we, what, what, what's up with that? So by 87, since Terminator 84, that had already become enough of a catchphrase? Yeah, phrase? oh, right away when that when Terminator came out, everybody was saying on the school, in my schoolyard, wow. I'll be back. So was it in commercials or something or just why did I just it- remember Terminator being such a big, we got it on VHS, we got to get home and watch it. Got and it. it was just like, because it was like edgy enough that a lot of, kids parents wouldn't let them watch it but it's not so crazy so we all got to see it yeah you know i feel like for a lot of people the terminator movies are like the gateway r-rated movies and yeah kids yeah Yeah. i think so Um, and schwarzenegger yeah because he does kind of do like this movie feels very comic booky as well it looks like there's stuff that's just like this is a boy who's read many comic books writing this. Just like the one character who comes in is like, hello, let me challenge you. <laughs> uh, um, but the, uh, uh, yeah. And then the villain just seemed like one of those, you may have the brawn and strength, but I have the brains. Yes. And through, it's also That's very a little, Bondian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know, uh, uh, um, Lex Luthor predates the the name and the character probably predates a Bond villain. Oh, certainly. But yeah. uh, Gene Hackman it totally starts doing like the Bond thing of just like I am smart and my very cunning is yes, yeah. like yeah yeah it's so good. <laughs> uh, but that's all Richard Dawson's thing throughout this whole thing is like you've got the. I was like, how many movies have we watched just in this podcast where somebody says you have the braids and yeah. I have the butt or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. vice versa. I know Freddie said it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah that opening is so dope I love that logo title with the yeah the title letters too. I, by. Know, I know and it's such early CG yeah and it looks partly like the titles for a game show so if it's kind of janky yeah. it's sort of like oh it's okay because it seems like it's for yeah I get TV. the feeling like they did 3D design for those running men, but that the titles themselves are still just optical on top yeah. of that, which is such a nice blend. And I guess the either second or third director attached wanted to do, he was the guy that directed Walker, I think. And he wanted to do the whole show as the reality television show and never have a story outside of it. So you would just be like a viewer watching the show. Yeah. Uh, I read the notes before I watched the movie. And so, when I saw that, I thought possibly, oh, maybe that's what the movie is. So when the titles came up, I'm like, oh, is that where they went with this? Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, because the other director was George Casamatos, yes, who uh, brings us back to Stallone. He right. had directed Rambo too, but most people say Stallone directed it. And, and it was, Tombstone too, right? And then Kurt Russell, essentially. Yeah. I don't want to talk shit about George Casamatos. He's brought so many. Uh, but uh Cobra, he was also like, oh. I think Stallone kind of directed those, but then Kurt Russell, they say, directed Tombstone, essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so the producers put it kindly. They were like, he had been totally Rambo-fied. I think yeah. they meant like his ego had gotten a little too It sounds too like, big. yeah, he was quite an, quite an ass and didn't get along with, who was it he didn't get along with? I forget. Producers or something. I mean, Schwarzenegger is perfect for this movie. I'm sure they immediately started like tailoring it around him, but like I love Christopher Reeve. And so if it had been him, I could have been down for that. I could have, I I had a little hard time imagining it. It would have had to have been a way different movie, but I understand the book 
is quite different. And did you know Edgar Wright's doing a, a rebooted series of the novel version of it? Yeah, that's Apparently, very cool. Or, yeah, I know. I'm very curious to see that. Well, it's funny because I, again, I heard that, learned that before watching it. So I was a little curious if I would have thought this on my own, not knowing that. But there was, it did seem like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh. Like the sort of like... I've never seen that. Don't Dave Grusin me. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the sort of advancing on to other... Uh, Scott Pilgrim is like a video game. Like he's yeah. got to go through the all for ex-boyfriends. So this oh, sort of right. like oh, challenge of against right. facing off each uh, installment vignette. Like uh, I thought that was cool. But yeah, I would love to see... Uh, I mean... Huge fan of Edgar Wright. Be cool to see him I do know. something like that. Um, the uh, when um, yeah, that logo. This takes place in 2017 through 2019. I read because it's 18 <sighs> months later at one point. So this movie is this event happened five to three years ago, three to five years ago. Okay, so that makes sense that it went from 2017 to 2019 because I noticed at the very end of this movie, somebody coughs. And they go, uh, what's that? <laughs> and somebody goes, never mind, just a cough. Please stand by. <laughs> okay, let's let's break something down. In this movie, Fleet, Mick Fleetwood <laughs> plays a role named Mick and he talks about how his music was taken or destroyed. So you can make a pretty strong case that he's playing Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, and it's like the hippie dream has died, man. Right. Corporations have taken over. You've got The Postman, that movie, where Tom Petty plays himself as the mayor of the damn city right. in the future. And I'm thinking whatever apocalypse happened or autocrat, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome has Tina Turner. Is she Tina Turner? Uh, yes. <laughs> I was just trying to think of post-apocalypse movies yeah. where the co-stars or there's an appearance by a, a musician. Yeah. I'm just saying these could be within the same universe, these three movies. Yeah. Now, I didn't think of that, but I, I don't believe do they ever say her name. We can assume it's Tina Turner. But so, what year is that movie? That is 85. No, but I mean, what future year? 86? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, uh, yeah, the year that it takes place in. I mean, like any future movie that takes place in a year we've experienced, it's got goofy stuff where you're just like, oh, information and stuff you want to watch aren't on little cardboard cartridges like many. Yeah. But. Orly, I wish they effing were. When she's flipping through those little like mini disc size, yeah. like, do you remember sometimes you could get a CD that wasn't in the plastic case and they'd make the choice of kind of having it be like cardboard or yeah. paper? Uh -huh. You could kind of feel it open up like a book. Yeah. That's what I would want my media to be in. And it's kind of in I this know. like soft, it doesn't have hard like, <laughs> sometimes it just got a little like whoop. <laughs> what bands do you remember did that back in the 90s? I'm trying to remember. I know I had some. Well, I know the font for this movie immediately made me think of the font for the rentals. Yeah. Uh, Richard of the Rentals, like that computer font is pretty. Right. But what was my... Uh, oh, oh, oh. Very cool. Uh, there was a, a Jets to Brazil album I had oh. uh, that was like that. And it was cool because then the sleeve... 
the front album would have that little opening that you could pull the liner notes out of that. Oh, yeah. It was like, a, yeah. What about you? What was your... I know I had some, but I, I can't remember. Or what's your most memorable non-jewel case, standard jewel case? Non-standard jewel case CD? Jesus. Would you get them sometimes in a leather sack? I guess My Father's Eyes by Eric Clapton just came <laughs> came in a, in a woven from his long <laughs> hair. He cut his hair and he did a little case woven from his hair. <gasps> sometimes when they would have box sets, I guess they would kind of come in funny, non-traditional yeah. packaging. Um, but, uh, I mean, that'd be cool if the Running Man soundtrack came in a little, like, yellow suit uh, 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 a little stripes. quilted yellow neoprene <laughs> um the uh uh yeah so then after we know the year there's that opening crawl oh did you sh- get to the mick fleetwood thing any yeah other thoughts on that sorry if i jumped no, over it's here just, i just do like to think of that whatever went wrong in the world is the same cause for the postman and for the running man the postman and the running man. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that maybe Mick Fleetwood and uh, Tom Petty could go over somewhere and jam. Or like, you know, because the whole thing with the postman, it was like the Pony Express. So eventually um, Kevin Costner was like delivering messages from Mick Fleetwood to, <gasps> yeah. to Tom Petty and that they would go on and it would be like Bachman Turner, but not Overdrive because he died. Richard Bachman Turner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or, uh, yeah, Eric Clapton. He's running like a feudal castle where he won't let any of his serfs get inoculated. (laughs) Uh, Or princes, like Prince of a Realm. Prince of a Realm? Like an actual Prince of a Realm. What's that, though? Like Prince of a Kingdom? Oh, 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 I thought this was like a a CD-ROM game or something called Prince of Realm. Like he's just ruling over his own land as an actual prince. Or like Dave Grusin has his little land. His little kingdom? Yeah. The Grusin kingdom? Uh, The only kingdom I'm interested in is the kingdom of heaven. Anyway. Me too. um, uh, uh, Also, uh, I knew the, the, the sort of when you talk about the scenes and the effects and stuff. I knew I was going to love this movie as soon as they were in that helicopter and they have that awesome kind of like projected screen yeah. behind them. And they're so tight in the close-ups because they can't go out too far. So you might start seeing stuff. It's just, it, as soon as it, like yeah. I said that previously with the um, uh, movie where uh, uh, Silver Bullet, where there was like just a frame where I was like, oh, I know I'm going to keep, I'm going to rewatch this movie just so I can get yeah. the feeling of that fakey screen behind yeah. the helicopter. I love that rear projection, but it's on a screen that's probably like 10 by 10 feet. And you're right. They can't go that wide because they, they otherwise they would have. Or they there's the helicopter yeah. gimbal or whatever. But that the wide shots of the helicopters from King Kong, from Dino De Laurentiis' King Kong. Yeah. Well, and then when they go to the, um, the doctored footage of how he shot Oh, the village and stuff. They use oh, uh, King okay. Kong footage. That's well. what it is. Uh, yeah. A little taste of Dino De Laurentiis, though, we got in there. I know, man. He's going to have, have we had Misery didn't have any Dino D. No, no Dino D. Although maybe we could look into those video cassettes that were in oh, the shop and Dino D might have produced someone one. Someone let us know. <laughs> you Dino D heads out there. Um, and then he, uh, 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 oh, but. 
somebody uh, 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 with Gorley and Russ' favorite now reoccurring, Yafet Kodo. Yeah. How yeah. many movies has he been in now? We've Nightmare, had... Nightmare, Alien. Nightmare and Alien. This is his third. Running Man. Yeah. No others? Um... No, but that's pretty good. Yeah. That's the trifecta. For, yeah. for not starring in a franchise, for not being a regular character in a franchise. Right, to uh, re- to appear in the a single installment is, yeah. Who else has been able to pull it off? We've had, what, two Everett McGills? <laughs> yes. I believe. And it's good because they're different directors, too. It's not like just somebody using an actor they've worked before. That's they're, true. They're separate. Um, the... Uh, uh, yeah, the um, well, the director too of this was Paul Michael Glazer, Glazer, who is Starsky. Yes, from Starsky and Hutch. So when they ran out of two directors, they went through Andrew Davis, George Cosimatos. They bring in Paul Michael Glazer. He, I'm sorry, he's the fourth director. Oh my lord! Yeah. Um, and then he has to kind of. They've already been shooting for a while. Yeah, they, and so he kind of yeah. just has to pick up. He had Arnie like two, smack about two hours to prepare or something like that. I'm not kidding. It's a, maybe it's he got as days. far as the helicopter like projection thing. <laughs> maybe it was two days. I don't know. Uh, I think they had already shot all the mill stuff. And they were so far behind and so far over budgets. And they had just started. Yeah. But they like, had to get rid of the director. The mill thing was supposed to take three days. And after eight days, they were still there, I think is what That's they crazy. said. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And geez. our researcher said he, he heard conflicting reports of if it was five days or two weeks. So it could be between uh, five to eight days before they were like, ooh, we got to. I mean, that would be really scary. Could you imagine if you're a director and you're just like, what's happening? Why can't I finish this mind scene? <laughs> I uh, love when they're doing the like sweeping panning shot of the workers in the mill. And there's one guy just taking a metal stick like rod and just clanking it on some other metal. And there's just literally no function it could possibly be, but he's also not doing it that hard, but they've put in this sound effect, like, like a mallet hitting uh, an anvil. <laughs> gang, gang. doesn't look like he's doing hard work, but, but it's like, the, my God, that sound is, looks like, sounds like it. The <laughs> fact that they were so behind schedule, and that's what they were getting. You'd think like if you're going to be that behind schedule, you would see some amazing footage. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I don't know, that guy hitting that rod was pretty good. Let's give him a couple more days, see how this shakes yeah. out. Yeah, although the running head squib looks pretty good. That was awesome. Yeah. How <laughs> is that, do you think, the first of the collar that makes your head explode? Of, I feel like that's a, a frequent thing that reoccurs. I wonder- yeah. Maybe my question should be: I wonder what the first this collar makes your head explode uh, was right. in the movie. Um, it might be that. Hey, way to go, Ruddy Man! Yeah. Uh, who was the other actor who played his buddy? So Yafet Kodo, and then who was like the brain? For some reason, I was confusing this with Total Recall last week when I said Ernie Sabella. Oh, okay. Because so many things are similar to Total Recall and, this- and Commando. Well, and this too, like that's the fact I mean. that he's these, like in a mining. Three. Oh, these three kind of get all because he goes to the airport in a Hawaiian shirt and hat, just like yes. in Commando. And both Amanda and I were trying to figure out if we'd watch this movie together. And she was like, "Well, he wears a Hawaiian shirt." And I'm like, "Well, Commando does too," but he goes, he works in a mill. Well, it's Total Recall or whatever. You know? I uh, yeah, the Hawaiian shirt disguise too is funny. Well, I'll just say it now because we're talking about it, but like. 
I know this is probably part of the joke, but the idea that that's going to disguise the most singular <laughs> looking body in the world, like, oh, well, he's wearing a Hawaiian. I notice a, a jawline that is three feet across, <laughs> but no, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, so you can go through, sir. It reminds me of when G.I. Joe was running out of soldiers to make characters uh-huh. in the like sixth, fifth, seventh series. I don't know. They just made one named the CIA operative. His name was Chuckles and he wore <laughs> army fatigue pants, but just had a Hawaiian shirt on. Ah! And his name was Chuckles. Was he like supposed to be, what is he like the wild man? I don't know if he was like a like CIA advisor who just like kind of wine you and dine you when you'd come to this banana Republic and, but the, the fact well, that when you saw it, you heard the sound of like a bu- barrel bean scrape, the bottom of a yeah, barrel bean scrape. Yeah, that was the same series when they had like G.I. Joe Samurai named Budo. They had a samurai. They had, they were getting, they really were like, you know, HR resources worker. This is where they're dummies. Just bringing some kids. You're going to get yeah. some great ideas. I, I mean, just bring in some kids and listen up. <laughs> my ideas for a guy named Chuckles to put him in a white shirt like my dad. Maybe, yeah, they yeah. were ideas for yeah. kids. Samurai, his name's Chuckles. I want a guy who's all knives for fingers, Edward's knife hands. So it's like kind of like a situation like the toy. The boss has one kid and he's a brat. He's telling them like what toys to make for G.I. Joe. Make it. Make it. Make it more like Mask. You know, Mask is kind of ripping us off. F you. Boy, Paul, you really like Mask. <laughs> God, I gotta remember to quit bringing up Mask. It seems like I bring it up too much. Uh, other, uh, oh, you mentioned McFleetwood, uh, Amit uh, Zappa, Dweezil Zappa, um, Jesse yeah. Ventura. Legit yeah. funny in this. He was Pretty cracking me good. up. Pretty good in this movie. When he's doing those poses for that exercise video. Yes. I, when they ended that aerobics video with him doing like a little dance across screen. I was like, <laughs> is he the funniest person because in the 80s? He knows he's doing comedy. He's not, the joke's not on him. He yeah. is performing and he's playing it straight. I think Jesse Ventura shined in the 80s. It's too bad he turned yeah. out to be such a weirdo. I know because he seems to be uh, have a funny, like he's in on it. Uh, yeah, so vibe. what happened? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't get in on it. Maybe that. I don't know the steroids. How many head explosion movies? Forget how many Yafet Koto movies. How many head explosion movies have we seen? This one, Scanners. Is there any others? Uh, uh, um, There's a lot of aliens get their heads exploded. Yeah, when they get fired and their goop sprays yeah. everywhere, their acid goop. It, or an alien resurrection that's kind of like nougaty. Looks like nougat. Yeah. Um, the. I feel like. Probably he's one in a Nightmare on Elm Street. There's gotta be, right? Yeah. Let's just say Freddy's head explodes, I think, at one point. Anything that gets a little more fantastical, because I can't imagine a Halloween or a Friday the 13th having a fawn. I mean, Jason gets exploded at the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell, so I guess technically his head explodes (laughs) when that happens. (laughs) That doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those guards... Uh, you know that you said they kind of have those funny like laser tag helmets or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Another little Star Wars thing I thought I liked uh, when they're you hear them over you overhear them going like you're gonna watch the Running Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. What's the Star Wars? Yeah, you seen that new T sixteen? 
You seen that new two sixty? Yeah. Yeah, I heard it's really uh something to check out. What's yeah. the like sort of Yeah, it's something like my my brother in law's got one. But did you notice what they did in Rogue One? No. There's two stormtroopers walking and keep in mind Rogue One takes place right before those two stormtroopers say, Have you seen that new T sixteen? And so these two stormtroopers say, Do you hear they uh uh um what do you call it when you end like a model year um of car, you know? Oh, oh they do. Uh, yeah, it goes, Do you hear they disc discontinued the T fifteen? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that uh, might so have officially got me to stop watching Star Wars. <laughs> okay, somewhere between the, the battle, me too, the battle of Scarif, and how much time takes place in Star Wars? Like three days, maybe four days? In the blink of a Wookiee's eye. A long time ago. Yeah. Somewhere in between the battle of Scarif and the... Millennium Falcon landing on the Death Star, they announced the T-16. Yeah, I've always wondered how long that trip is in the Millennium Falcon where he learns all the Jedi, like a lot of the Jedi stuff. I'm right. like, that's a long car trip. Yeah. But, you know. Why would they announce the discontinuation of the T-15 before the T-16? Yeah, you think they'd want to get the buzz going before they discontinue the thing. That's not proper... Uh, Marketing George Lucas, yeah. Well, I guess he would didn't do Rogue One, but um, um yeah. Disney should know how proper marketing rollouts right. work. <laughs> I wonder what T model they're on at this point. It's got to be like a T eighty. Ooh, uh, and I heard that they kind of intentionally build the T numbers to like stop working after like eighteen months, oh, so you're yeah. forced they're to buy the to next fail. T. Yeah. yeah. And then there was like just the TX when they got to 10, but they skipped nine. So weird. Dumb. It does have a great camera though. Oh, it looks better than like something I was carrying around in my pocket years ago. <laughs> uh, uh, ooh, uh, we got a nice Faltermeyer score. Maybe yeah. no, no Dave Grusin, but I like his, like there's a spooky particular yeah. theme that plays. That's really good. Yeah. And hey, we're right in the middle of his golden period here. This is no straight kidding. in the middle between Beverly Hills Cop one and two, and Fletch. Yeah, this two years after, after Fletch. Fletch. Yeah, same year I guess as Beverly Hills Cop two. So Faltermeyer was right and high. And sell, I like that. Now's the time to sell on Faltermeyer. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Why doesn't he have a resurgence with all this synth work? You'd think he'd bring Faltermeyer back. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a. Have you ever seen Cuffs with Christian Slater? Uh, it was spelled with a K, right? Yeah, that's no. the last gasp of Faltermeyer. Really, Faltermeyer's like last he's, stand. He, he's still trying to go for the like. It's kind of sad. He's still going for like the Fletch Aww. and Beverly Hills Cop thing. It's like, dude, it's 1991. We are past this. He's 69. He's still. I mean, he could still be doing it. Oh, he did Top Gun. Yeah, he did 69, so I guess he could keep doing it. <laughs> oh. What? You said it. I only repeated it. Oh, <laughs> uh, he does TV. Blue blood. He does what? He does TV. He does blue bloods? Well, TV miniseries from 89 to 90 called Blue Blood. Never mind. Maybe he's just chilling. Oh, that's just music department. Composer. Oh. <gasps> He did Top Gun Maverick. Oh my God. 
So he's you don't back, think that's baby. just like they're using his... Nope. I bet he's in the front of the orchestra. They rig it a guy to like stand in front of a synth to hit those notes. Press start on the Nintendo game for this. Do you remember that? The last thing I recognize from him as composer is Cuffs, 1992. 92, I was off a year. Check out Cuffs. It's uh, real bad. It sucks. I think I've never it sucks. seen it, but I'm seeing a picture of Christian Slater showering with swimming goggles on. <laughs> um, there is a part where, I think I've seen all of Cuffs, where he's got a, a, a gag in his mouth. He's like tied up to a chair and has a gag. And he's talking to the screen because it's like Ferris Bueller. He can direct a dress. Oh, no. And they do subtitles underneath the... Oh, no. What? That sounds like the most playful thing in the world. Let's watch Cuffs right now. <laughs> uh, hey, I love any movie that opens with a good old-fashioned prison break. Yeah, you can't not. Especially when they got those thick... Kind of Alien 79 style keyboards that he's yeah. clicking on to open things up. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Get a, get rid of all that Apple. Speaking of version 9, X10, where things get smaller and thinner, just give me a big chunky keyboard with some weird red keys in it over that you can push if you like want to. That tactile, like, clack of hitting it. Yes. It's funny they've still got all that industrial stuff, but... They foresaw Alexa and Siri with Maria Conchita Alonso coming home. I did think, yeah, when she comes home and she turns on the coffee with her voice. I was like, uh, Alexa, eat your heart out. You can't start a coffee. Or maybe you can now. That was my grandmother in that movie. She was a real gilf. What? (laughs) Well, it's true. Yeah, but let others say it. Not her grandchild. That's weird. (laughs) Um... The uh, um, so oh, uh, uh, there's yeah, along with this kind of carpenter dystopia, there's also sort of like it's funny, this is like a year before they live because it kind of feels like this cross uh, pollination of like escape from New York and they live for sure. Um, because the um, I like the thing where they want to jam the satellite so they can quote unquote is usually said in a dismissive way. I'm truly trying to say quote unquote to get the truth out. And then somebody goes, yeah, truth isn't very popular these days. Mm-hmm. Timely, timely. Man, oh man. You know, in a way running man predicted. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I was just thinking like, in these movies where they there's propaganda out and there's a whole propaganda system, yeah. state run, whatever. I've always noticed movies conveniently never put movies in the category of propaganda. Uh, it is always right. we gotta jam the signal for the TV. That's right. It's like I think movies are a more powerful propaganda. I mean, I know that's not dumped into your TV. Uh, uh, Good point. And TV never really took its revenge, did it? In terms of... Uh, Blaming uh, the movies? No. TV's always just trying to be a friend of movies. They're like, can you give us your stuff to sh- so we can show it and people like us too? <laughs> Fucking boob tube will rot your mind, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, I mean, I do love what the movie's trying to aim for. Yeah. The thing that I thought was coolest 
there's a part where Richard Dawson, and you know, you can roll your eyes at this. I even did just now by making fun of saying that this movie's like prescient or whatever. But just right now, where we're at right now, when Richard Dawson said something like, look, you can have it hard or soft, but you can't have it both ways. If you want people glued to their screens instead of being on the picket line, mm. this is you, you're going to need violence on TV. Again, I don't know what happened tonight at the Academy Awards. What makes you think something but, happened? But if I were to watch The Running Man after this idea of like a sweaty grasp for ratings turning into something that's like violent where once it happens everybody kind of gets quiet and is like uh we didn't really want this but then the person's like sorry you wanted we're trying to bring ratings and eyeballs to this thing you can't have it both ways to the picket line gorley let's just hey well in the same you, uh, right now unionizing uh, people are trying to unionize within the two biggest forces in the world in America that if they were taken away, everybody would become the biggest crybabies, Amazon and Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Right on to those people. I think it's groovy what they're doing. Me too. It's so cool uh, that they're using this moment where they need employees to be like, well, fuck you. Uh, but like, I thought that was like the very prescient thing when he was like, I was like, oh, the the biggest news story right now, in a way, outside of Russia is people are trying to unionize at Amazon and Starbucks and we're sort of focusing on this like if something happened if something happened the yeah. kind of like oh that is of course somebody would talk about it of course somebody would watch the running man if it was on TV but it might serve as some sort of distraction for what people really don't want you talking about which is people on the picket lines baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway Political ran over. Uh, well, but I. You don't this, even know what I'm referencing. I don't know what I'm referencing at this Academy Awards. I, I don't know what you're talking about yeah. with Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, I guess this the novel has that theme much more strident with throughout it. And even Schwarzenegger was disappointed with this new director and how he kind of just left a lot of those themes on the floor. Yeah, I Starsky. Right, right. He's Starsky like he he wrote in Schwarzenegger wrote in his bio Shakespeare wrote in his bio uh <laughs> that he didn't like how he thought the director could have dug into the ideas more. That's saying something. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. There there came a point around like the third bad guy he was fighting where I did think like, oh, they're really not getting into the idea of like <laughs> what this means. <laughs> But I will say at the moment I thought that is when they did the coolest kind of move that I thought was like, oh, that's a smart whatever, like a cool little there is commentary here, which was the um, they were so mad when he killed the first guy. Yeah. But when he refused to kill the second guy. They got mad that he didn't kill the guy, even though they were super bummed out that he killed the first guy. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's a yeah. at the moment where I was like, they're not really doing much with like what the audience really craves in terms of violence and stuff. But then when I was like, oh, that's a funny joke that it's like, you killed the first guy. What? You're not going to kill the second guy uh, now? I know. Every generation or so gets its version of this. So you've got Running Man <laughs> to Battle Royale to Hunger What was that? Games. Rollerball is kind of like that version in yeah, the late 70s. Yeah, Rollerball, Running Man, Battle Royale, Hunger Games, Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. And... 
I do when I'm watching The Running Man. I'm like, what are they pulling from right now that people are thinking like, you know what? This is getting a little too far and we have to pull back from it. And the only thing I could think about was like, I guess game shows, pro wrestling and like occasionally football and boxing. Yeah, pro wrestling strikes me. Oh, but but I, the only reason I brought it up was just because I'm seeing wrestlers and they're like going off a of top things. And I was like, but pro wrestling's so silly. Everybody knows that's silly. Why was this movie taking this on as a target? But then at the end, Richard Dawson does go like, is it any different? Game shows, wrestling, <laughs> pro sports. And I was like... Oh, this is so wild. Like, this is what they're like. I don't know what the, what it was being a canary in the coal mine for of like, this has gone too far. Or just tabloid interest. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a good question. Sensationalism. Yeah. I mean, it's more what's going on in movies at the time. Uh oh. No, but I just mean it. It's like movies were getting really, really violent at that time. You're watching a movie where a guy gets a chainsaw on his fucking crotch and I know arguably the running man is the message running man is trying to make. Well, don't watch running man. Look, I did think something was really cool. What was happening, which is that first half hour, you, they don't fully tell you what the running man is. Yeah. So that when the gladiator, you know, show is about to begin, I was just as hungry as that audience <laughs> for that show to begin that I was like, oh, um, I get this. I'm having some bloodlust right now. I want Running Man to start so I can see what the fuck this is. And it, d- it delivered. Who's your favorite? What do they call him in this? Not Gladiator, or do they? Because American Gladiators was based off this, basically. It was... Yeah, I was it what they called? When I heard their names, when I first heard their names announced, I was like, is this was American Gladiators just fully pulling from like because their names were like, yeah, Yeah. like Flame Ball and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think my first might just because you know, you always love your first, uh huh. My or your your favorite is always your first. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that that first guy, Sub Zero, yeah, yeah, the guy who was like the um, um, he's the butler, he's. Francis's butler in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, Professor Tanaka. Oh, he's Professor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Lynn Stewart shows up, Miss Yvonne, like two minutes before he shows up. I didn't notice that. Who is she? Um, she's the um woman in the audience who's like, "Well, my husband and son like so and so, but oh. I like so and so." I didn't realize that was her. Hey, good character actor there. Wow. Uh, but it's funny because like she shows up like a minute before he does, and then I was like, "Oh man, the whole gang!" And, well, and it's the moment I started realizing how goofy this movie yeah. was going to oh, be yeah. too. So I was just like, "Oh, this is going to be fun. This isn't yeah. like... I mean, I know it gets bloody when the anyway. Who's your favorite? Oh, Dynamo. Ah, but that time in the movie you're talking about is when this movie really feels at home with RoboCop. And even Total Recall and maybe Starship Troopers as a has an element of satire involved. Yes, but I was like, this movie doesn't keep it up though. Not as good as RoboCop for sure, but no. I did think, hey, this is the same year as RoboCop. There was one other movie I'll find in my notes eventually, but I was like, they're all of that piece of like yeah. the commercials that are like satirical and how yeah. like. Uh, immoral yeah. people have gotten how immoral entertainment yeah. has gotten shame shame it's like wait whose side are you on <laughs> right yeah it, it is a little like 
but we like this. I thought you you make this for us. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, because there's a climbing for dollars. Oh, right here, I found it in my notes. The other thing that has those kind of like heightened satirical commercials for TV shows is Scrooged. That's right. Yeah, and that's eighty eight. Oh, so within yeah. like eight, twelve months, you had if you were going to the movies, you were seeing these kind of like. What is that? Yeah. I guess commercials started becoming more sophisticated that it's not a spokesman right. is giving you a direct address like by Tide. They are starting to look like movies. Yeah. And many entertain you as well. Yeah. Um, but it's funny with these movies, whenever they do surveillance footage, I mean, it's true, not just those movies we mentioned, any movie. Whenever oh. they do surveillance footage, oh. they can't not let that footage not be filmed. I love it because in this one, especially because the surveillance footage goes to a close up on Schwarzenegger. It's one thing that they're showing the whole cabin yeah. of the helicopter, but then they go to a full film close up of him. Yeah, there's no way that this was shot on a video camera uh, <laughs> stuck in a corner somewhere. Um yeah, so the the ads that they have are the climbing for dollars and the uh, yeah. um, cadre cola. Um, the um, I also knew it was going to get goofy when he lifted that bed out of the floor, and <laughs> they had those like "Stay Tuned" that movie "Stay Tuned" the like style jokes of like there's a poster for the hate boat. Yeah, the hate boat. Hey, a movie that's like half. Terminator and Half Mad Magazine. It's yeah. like, sign me up. I've said sign me up too many times. Not just Dawson Fingers, but did you notice the way he walks? He walks on his tippy toes and kind of leans forward. He's one of those guys, you know? It's so funny to his see His whole that. weight is going into his tippy toes and his pinkies. Yes. He's just like, yes, he's all, all the weights. All extreme extremities. <laughs> Maybe the, it's the opposite of like the extremities getting cold. It's like the rest of his body is cold oh. and his pinkies and toes are warm. So he's always using <sighs> Or those. he's too hot and they're trying to separate. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, buddy. I saw a little Bonaventura. You did? Yeah. The Bonaventure? The Bonaventure. Sorry, 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 oh, sorry. I missed it somehow. Uh, I think when he's walking along. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Before the Sony building, I think, or around the time you're also oh, seeing that Sony man. building. It, was just, it became a real nice travelogue for I miss that? architecture that was being built in the 80s. And people are like, it kind of looks like the future, yeah. though, right? He shot everything at the, at the Bonaventure or in Century City. Those were the future LA <laughs> like, locations for 80s future. Uh, the... Uh, uh, Oh, and then Dawson's like, yeah, he's walking on his tippy toes, but also 80s future style clothing is oh, so good. It's so great. What is that thing that's kind of like the white flex? Flex, yes. Those were big in the 80s. I had a jacket like that. They were big on blazers, but you could also see them on ties, sweaters, sometimes. ties. Yeah. It was like a knit, and then there was like a almost like on purpose poorly embroidered fleck of light color yeah. or it'd be like a metallic fiber even because he has it like on a gray jacket yeah. kind of these flex i wonder what that that had to have a name when somebody's designing something They're like of course we'll give it the fleckies and yeah. everybody's like yes flecky fleckies <laughs> the fidgies you got the fleckies <laughs> it does look like yeah the stuff that builds up on your carpet though that you have to like get a vacuum yeah. or pick up with your fingers um i love that there's a baby criminal when they're searching through contestants did you notice that no when he's looking through potential contestants and one of them is just a baby and it's <laughs> what did a 
baby dude. That I don't incredible. know. Oh, I love it. Cause there's also, is it the living day? Steal candy from a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing candy from another baby. Is right. The living daylights. I think there was so. something like that. And then there's something else where there's a baby criminal. It's a funny joke. It never fails. To well, RoboCop two has like a tween villain oh, who no. says F words. I'll have to see that again. Oh, if you want to have it be uh, scandalized, go ahead. Why? Because of the because the kid says swears. Oh shit! Roger Ebert didn't like it. He thought it was distasteful. <laughs> I'll bet he. Beto, who directed RoboCop two, or even Kirshner. How did you feel about having uh, directing scenes where a child is using profanity? I told is it her or him him him. <laughs> He was a sailor. He was in the Navy. He was the he was the Doogie Hauser of the U.S. Navy. He was in early, and he had he swore like a sailor. <laughs> and there was nothing I could do about it. He was the producer's son. Oh, those were ad libs. Those were all of them ad libs. Shit, word. fuck, fuck, shit. Dick. Hey, Erwin, come on. Sorry, Erwin. <laughs> what <laughs> did the Something happened during the reanimation process when we brought you back from the dead. <laughs> yes, you brought me back like. There's a Robocop, Robocop, two or three where there's just a spine in a robot. I think that might be two. Is that with Tom Noonan? Maybe. Did I direct that? <laughs> I think so. All right. I also directed <laughs> The Empire Gets Back, Gets Down. They were all high, all of them high. <laughs> yeah, you're the only one who was sober on set, I assume. That's trying right. to keep those dirty hippies focused. Those kids. Now talk about filthy mouths. Hey, Erwin, just as a side note, I have thought before, isn't it funny that uh, um, the three big cast members of Star Wars and Empire and Return are just like funny weirdo hippies? <laughs> None of them ever like were like mainstream. You mean before they were in Star Wars? Before, but then even after, none of them really ever like took ha- to convention too much. It's Harrison just... Ford? Oh, you mean in real life? Yeah, they marched to the beat of their own drums. Oh, I don't know what they do in real life. None they of don't... them became a company men for Lucasfilms. All of them got a little sardonic t- twinkle in their eye, don't you think? I suppose. I never socialized with them. They were too, too tame. I Never would, went out for a drink after the No, after I, went with, I went out. I would go out with Chewbacca and the Goblin Man. Goblin Man? Yoda? Yeah. But he also does the voice of the frog. You would be the pu- hang out with the puppeteer or the actual uh, person? Uh, both. Frank Oz pretending to both. be Yoda. I, I, there'd be two people but a party for three, if you get my meaning. No. Well... It would be me, Frank Oz, and the Goblin. Oh, okay. And could you talk to Frank Oz, or was that like a uh, certainly. verboten? He oh, wouldn't okay. sit under the table. We were eating. It was a civilized joint. And, and he doesn't do like a ventriloquist thing where you're, he's trying to keep up the illusion that Yoda's talking about. He doesn't. He'd be drinking water, <laughs> and Yoda would be just yapping up a storm. I hope it wasn't Dagobah water. That seems pretty gross. Gross! <laughs> yeah, no, no, Don't no, no, even no. joke. I I worked in that water. There were... <laughs> there were... Uh, Minox pissing in it. <laughs> Dianoga shit. Erwin, did you know that when I saw Revenge of the Sith uh, with my friend Neil Campbell, we went to the restaurant when we came out, we got water from the drinking fountain. I didn't know that. Neil Campbell, oh. before we went to Revenge of the Sith, took a sip of water and turned away. Mm, fresher than the water of Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny, right, Erwin? We should have put that in the movie. Because... 
And I don't want to get serious, but Luke was eating stew. Stew. I've wondered what that is. Yes. And what's that little bar he's holding? Twix. They are Twixes. Yes, they were Twix bars. With the chocolate or without like... This was before there was a variance on Twix bars, Paul. I'm sorry, Mr. Kirshner. Those were Twix bars. And uh, he had a little snack pack of almond rocas and Twix. You ever (laughs) notice almond rocas look like kitty poo poo in a litter that had been collecting litter? I have not, but now that you mentioned it. Does I, I once you know that you can't unsee it and you'll look in a kitter box and, and rather than be grossed out by almond roca, I'm tempted to eat the cat shit. You would prefer to eat that instead. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because you're a cat person. Yeah. In all of your movies, you a lot of times will have just a cat run by frame. That's why I like Chewbacca. Because he's Seems like a cat. Kind of. All right. I have to take a pee break. <gasps> For real, Kirsner? Yeah. Okay, let's take I've a pee gotta break. I've got to go fill up the old Dagobah bog, oh, as they gross. used to say. What i got to make some snake stew. What did you say? Piss in it? Mine ox. They also chew on the power cables. <laughs> well, if they're chewing on power cables, they clearly have no respect. They're going to be pissing in that Dagobah swamp as well. Pardon me, George. Is this a Dianoga poo-poo? That's a famous old story where Luke came out of the trash compactor and the little animal in there is called the Dianoger and he had a little bit of trash on his face and they said cut and he goes, pardon me, George, is this a Dianoger poopoo? <laughs> That's a true story. I wasn't there, of course, but I heard it I heard it said. Oh, well, hey, you know, truth is hard to come by in these times, as they said in this movie. Uh, yeah, I learned that from the Running Man in 1987. Running Man, the Running Man, the Running, the Running Man. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry, I didn't know which movie you were referring to. All right, I gotta take a steak, steak, snake stew. Uh oh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We'll be, we'll be back. There's more. With Corley and Rust. With Corley and Rust. Okay, I want to talk about this airport scene, if you're there. Yes. I'm fascinated by a movie that is both pre- and post-9-11 <laughs> when it comes to airport security. Yeah, so this timeline, 9-11 has certainly happened, yes. but the security got a little <laughs> lax around 2017. Yeah, yeah, they went back to their old ways and were just like, oh, God, forget it, go through. They're yeah. like, around 2015, they're like, you know what? I think post-attack, we might have over overcompensated a bit. And they're like, okay. So actually in this world, people are more reasonable. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> what are the great getting through security scenes in movies? Because there's this, there's Total Recall, there's yeah. High Anxiety. Uh, um, uh, midnight Run. Midnight Run, yeah. yeah. Cloak and Dagger. Yes. Uh-huh. Um. I mean, Airplane 2 as a scene where somebody walks by and they're topless in the surveillance footage. I think that's a memorable one. That is right. Uh, <laughs> There's Airplane 1, too, where they're taking out all their guns, right? Is that? Yeah, and a guy's like removing, she's like, please put all metal items in the bowl. And then he takes out like a foot. <laughs> it's a foot in a bowl. We got to watch Cloak and Dagger soon. It's out on 4K Blu ray. For real? Yeah. So I can't get True Lies on uh, Blu ray? But they're putting Cloak and Dagger on 4K? Oh, I don't know if it's out yet, but that it's... That was a poem. <laughs> <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome's putting it out. 
oh that's awesome yeah. they're the coolest yeah um love when people do that um well can we talk about the uh uh the little like pre-show kind of setup oh yeah. wait did you not get to we talked about the airplane right or do you just... i believe i i said everything i oh, needed no. to say about okay that. good 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 <laughs> uh now i know you're a fan of mission prep sequences but what about show prep sequences yeah. how great was this I, am, I know it really built up the sizzle for this show <laughs> dancers but then i also like how they're cutting behind the scenes while yeah. he's preparation but then also cutting to like the shanty town with the burning barrels are getting yeah. together and the yuppies and their yuppie bars and their yuppie penthouses and the girl with the ponytail that goes straight up Yes, I love the like um, cyber punky yeah. kind of looking uh, people in this. It's all, yeah. all really design wise. I love it. Uh, um, oh, I didn't mention this when we mentioned the guys who played his friends. Really, I think maybe the only true knock I would make against this movie is just like uh, those two guys are really great actors. Yeah. So they could be capable of playing. I mean, that's what Schwarzenegger a lot of time we've talked about with Predator kind of needs like Carl Weathers. Yeah. Somebody who will is a great actor and both of those guys who play his buddies are great actors that they could like There's just zero. I don't even no. know what how I would say he relates to either of those guys. They were just jail buddies, but you're right and you could have interchanged them. Neither of them really had any specific characters. So yeah, I mean their skills were guy. different, but that yeah. doesn't mean that's a character thing. And yeah, they, yeah and so during scenes where he's got to save them or they have to work together or he's got to push on the punch in the code at the right time. I was just like, Oh, and the love interest too. I was just like, I yeah. really don't care guys. All you need to do is like one scene I know where that. you just see a little bit, but uh, in the pre-show also is uh, some cool Paula Abdul choreography. That's right. Yeah. She was yeah. the choreographer for this. Yeah. Very like Lakers girls of the time. Yeah. Right. That, that sort of. I mean, it's LA. They could have been the Laker girls, the 2017 Laker girls. That's right. The last, the last Boy Scout also has like opening choreography, like getting the show i mean it's the opening opening oh, yeah. of the movie though the um, football game yeah yeah um but then uh who's that guy like during all this too like it is so good matt like when all this is happening they have like those blue neon rings yeah with like the haze kind of like the smoky haze with uh What's the that pro wrestler comes up and he starts lifting shit above his head? Yeah, that you the, don't have any context no, for the motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he lifts the motorcycle above his head. Is this around the time too that they assign Arnold a court appointed theatrical agent? I love that. That made me laugh out loud, buddy. That's so good. that was that was a genuine lol. Um, the other uh, that court appointed guy later when he's signing the contract on his back. Yeah, and then um. Arnie puts the pen right through the contract into the guy's bag. He's like, ow, ow, ow. It made me realize paper contracts that need to be signed and then here, use my back or use something else that's not a normal table or desk to sign. I think that was in every other movie from the 80s. Yeah. People, I love the sound of those pages of a contract being <laughs> crinkled open and it's kind of got like a card 
there's something underneath that's not paper, so it can kind of bend like a portfolio. And then just the sound of it being crinkled on somebody's back and hearing the sound of like, okay, you got your... What else can you think of that does it? I think maybe um, uh, nine to five. Seriously? Perhaps. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you I just want a supercut of the sound of contracts being opened and then somebody signing it. That is a strange supercut. I like but it. also the like, here, there's no table. Use my back. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have any references, anything to any examples to cite, but. I realize when I say that, am I wrong about this? When they go to the video footage of them in the helicopter, that's supposed to be surveillance footage. What I didn't remember was, is there not on that footage him getting hit in the face with a rifle butt? Yeah. Is that the actual occurrence or is that from the replay? Like there somehow had been a. Oh, their their technology that they can have to do to repurpose the footage to re-edit it in into putting something else out is so sophisticated. But like a POV shot of the rifle stock coming into his face, I think was on the surveillance. I may be wrong about oh that. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> great. Uh yeah. I mean that whole like uh uh how they can recreate him saying like no we should bomb the yeah. helicopter. And the and the matting digital matting him out too. I mean that was all very deep fake prescient too. Yes, they did say uh it was digital mat is how they called it. This movie hits the mark on predictions more than it misses, I would say. Yeah. At least in in theory. I listened to uh Robert Zemeckis's commentary uh for Forrest Gump. And he talks about how this, he would have recorded this maybe 2000, the commentary, uh, maybe late 90s. And he was like, I think there might be things will come later where there will be ethical problems because you'll be able to use, you'll be able to digitally manipulate something and then make it look like somebody did something that they weren't doing. And I, we haven't gotten there yet. And yet, I don't even, that's not to say we will, but like. That's close. Yeah. Oh, the deep fake, that portion is true. Like the technology can be there, but the like, I guess we wouldn't know if it really tricked us, would we? But I just don't think like, I'm still trying to get my mind around how that could really be pulled over on somebody. Like yeah. if somebody does a deep, deep fake of Tom Cruise shitting in the street, <laughs> all Tom Cruise kind of has to do is go, that's not me. And here's how, right? Like, but he has to have an alibi. It'll be the new crime. Do you have an alibi for where you were? For why you shouldn't be canceled. <laughs> yeah. And then some criminal will commit it when they know that the subject has no alibi. They were home alone. But there's always a digital marker of you being somewhere now. Yes, you're right. You could just go, oh, no. Phone records show I was here in the spot. You'd have to. Uh, I was pinged in the spot. Yeah. You'd have to like tie up Tom Cruise in his own house and take his phone out. Yes. And, and film yourself shitting in the street. The perfect crime. All that resources and this is what you do with it. Will extort who? By what? With yeah. this video of, huh? Like, like, let's say someone wanted to fake, and this is, this is random, I'm trying to think of something, but like, well, Will Smith slapping someone. Yeah. You could almost, I bet if you saw that for maybe half a second, you would even imagine it went from live to pre-tape. 
Yeah. I mean, I think if at any time you saw our buddy Will Smith slap someone, you would have to know it was fake because there's just no way. I mean, the thought of me even doing that is so preposterous. Yeah, for you even to suggest him is I don't even know why you're bringing that. That's such a weird example. Why would I even say that? Yeah, but... Why would you say that? I don't know. Oh my gosh, we just went through a war where we became I hope 30s gangsters. Oh my Where would you say that? Oh, it's a weird God, night here okay. after the Oscars. Maybe we yeah. should watch the Oscars next time. Yeah, probably. Um... They do reference the Dawson he kisses. He, yeah. he with the he says no tongues. Yeah, um, um, but that's like ironic when he was just licking the soft palates of all his female guests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just some really it reminded me of standard. Um, if you're ever gonna do a spoof of a game show, you had to have a good. A year supply of yeah, and uh, the home game version. Yeah. Those were the just the go tos and wardrobe furnished by yeah. Botany five hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Furnishings, accommodations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, uh, and I love the little. If you listen closely, they did a little cool exposition where they're like. In the announcement, the announcer's going so and so. They'll be running through the bombed out oh, quadrants yeah. of. Like maybe yeah. that's mentioned earlier in the movie, but I thought it was cool how it was kind of yeah. Because the the prisons in Wilshire, the Wilshire area, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, like the tar pits and the par tits and the what? I don't know. Well, you know, uh, uh, Arnie winds up at those La Brea tar pits years later for the last action hero. That's right. Maybe the most memorable action sequence he's ever been a part of. You think? Uh, yeah. Do you? I like the also the footage of the previous winners waving in like Maui and stuff. Oh yeah, all of those details were yeah really and then you great. Find them dead later is nice too. Oh yeah, and the, that I've never seen such an evil locker room when they find those skeletons in there. I don't want to be in a locker room like that. Um, when Arnie uh gets like when the game starts. I did think it would be funny if uh, there, when he's like, you know how the rules are of this game, you know how it works or something. And if Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was like, um, I actually don't own a TV, so you have to explain it to me. And then people are like, but even if you don't own a TV, you're familiar with this no, game show. No, I'm kind of a chess man. I just play chess. Well, if anything, you seem ignorant now because you're not conscious of like the number one well, show. too bad. I mean, also, this is how I speak. <laughs> I'm Arnold Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, uh, he says Julian, I'll be back. He says, yeah. "And Julian, I'll be back." So people were like, "Julian," he said it. Damon, Damon. Sorry, yeah. my autocorrect. No, I didn't know if I mis- mistook someone. Um, but when you were talking about the, I wrote, "I'll be back here." It reminded me of. It, what when you brought it up earlier, I was going to say, do you think that's like one of those things where the catchphrase becomes popular because it allows you to do the impression? Like with the all. Yeah. Yeah, because what he's saying, even in Terminator, it's not inherently a good line or funny. I mean, the first time I saw it, I knew the catchphrase before I saw the Terminator when I was like, He's saying I'll be back to run a car through your police station. That's yeah, not, it's, I mean, it's only funny really in retrospect, but it's just Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. Yeah. 
or hasta la vista, baby. Those are yeah. all syllables that sound so funny coming out of that, <laughs> off that tongue. Um, the, uh, oh man, I love those delivery tubes that they I get know, shot through. I know. And they know it's cool too, because they're yeah. in those tubes for a while. It's funny that the, the, they have those nets to catch them. And then inexplicably, Richard Dawson's is not there. So I know. Just- I was like, who went down and made sure that tube got like shot into a sign and immediately exploded, <laughs> even though I don't think there's anything on those things that they're traveling in would be not like that. Explosive. Uh, I just know most billboards are filled with 12 <laughs> gallons of gasoline jet fuel. How many people in movies? I know we do this a lot. Like what other movies have this? But I do feel like that's also a trope where someone is killed by a giant effigy of themselves in some way. Yes, oh. yeah, like it's a, a just a, a, a poetic justice. Yeah, that, sound off in the comments. Smash that like and subscribe button. I mean, the first thing I thought of, but it's more of a reference to how the original Captain Hook got eaten by a, a gator. <laughs> but in Hook, it ends with uh, uh, there's a big statue of a gator. Oh, and that's gets right. Up in it, but there's something better of like. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh, like, did that um. The Michael Jackson history video where they unveiled that big statue of him. Doesn't that end with it tipping over and landing on Michael Jackson and killing him? (laughs) Hey, get the statue of me off of me. Get the statue of me off of me. (laughs) (laughs) Paulie laughed at that joke more than that. (laughs) Um... So, uh, yeah, I love those little cool uh, Atari cardboard files, the physical media. So good. Um, They also have printing on them that I think, I'm just guessing, is like they're cardboard or they're plastic, but the printing is like burned into them. So it's like melted into them. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Oh, God. We got to find out who did the. I know. Have them make some. Then that sequence begins with. betting and gambling yeah and it made me i always forget that gambling of course there's many steps that are gambled upon i always think it's just like gambling who's gonna who's win gonna win yeah but oh the photo of what stalker is gonna be first that's what they're called stalkers, stalkers yeah. which wrong terminology yeah. guys stalker doesn't sound like the person you're supposed to be rooting for right runner sounds like the person you're rooting yeah. for but they're like god i hope the stalker gets the runner right it's like, what it should be the hunter. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. Stalker has And prey. It. Yeah. Hunter and prey, you'd be like, oh, I'm for hunter. Yeah, or... If they're trying to get you pests. to root for the guys... Yeah, the vermin and the exterminator. Yes. The exterminator. Dynamo. God, I love you, Dynamo. I'll be bug killing <laughs> later tonight. You'll be Beethoven. I'll be Bach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Then Ventura also has that thing of like, he's like the ex-athlete comedy. He's the aerobics guy, but he's also like the the Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, this time, exactly. Which is very funny. And when he has to go get into wardrobe and he's like, you can see the look on his face of, no, I've I've retired from that. I've Hilarious graduated. when he comes in that little suit that's like chintzy and like <laughs> has know. these like little knives in the front. Y- yes, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Really funny. I mean, I, the fact that this movie was so funny was the, the nicest surprise. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, that first thing they go to is the ice hockey thing. What a silly thing to be the first thing if you're trying to get people to be like, 
this shit gets serious. I know. And Pucks I, explode. <laughs> I, I guess I have to hand it to this movie because you would think you have Professor Tanaka and they would have done some kind of like katana sword, you know. No, he's a goalie. Japanese thing. No, yeah, he's a goalie, a hockey on ice goalie. <gasps> It must also be, I mean, all of these feel like what you were talking about where you see the scenes. It does seem like we'll shoot in a really big, dark warehouse. Yeah. We'll have some stuff littered. And if it's dark in the background, that's the studio. That's exactly. the night. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you see that here, like this sort of just like ghost phantom hockey rink just out of nowhere. And this is when I was like, oh, they must be thinking like pro sports are really getting violent these days, huh? Yeah. Like hockey. hockey. Oh my God. Oh, have you seen this game before? It's the most violent sport, hockey. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, but once it became like exploding pucks, I realized like, oh, I thought this was going to be the dystopian thriller, but let's hockey pucks start blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, there's a scene in For Your Eyes Only where, you know, probably 52-year-old Roger Moore is getting beat up on an ice rink by hockey players. And they're like launching pucks at him and he he outmaneuvers them and they all just end up in the goal each time they land in there. It goes, Bing! like a point is scored. Oh my God. So in the tradition of Bond movies having sticky fingers for whatever the trends are, yeah. but it was, that would have been right after Miracle, right? The uh, yeah, nineteen eighty. It would have been a year year after, after Miracle, right? I think. So they're like people yeah. love hockey that's teams. Right. That's what it was, and the whole thing takes place during the Winter Olympics too. Oh, that's yeah. great! So somebody just like coked up and wrote during the Olympics the next Bond movie. It was like, here you go. They're like, oh, all the names are specific. Oh, look, I did not have an Olympic sports script that I just changed a few names in. This is totally original. What's becoming now a running tradition, I guess, of this episode where I talk about um, the funny sketch premises my friends have had. Uh, but that just reminded me of Mike Mitchell of uh, the, the Birthday Boys had a really funny sketch about a screenwriter who wrote a, a script while he was hungry. <laughs> and so the person who's like paid him and is now, I want to talk about the script, give you some thoughts on notes. You, you wrote it. Now, a lot of sketches, it'll be like, you got to heighten eventually to the like crazy thing, the craziest thing. Yeah. But Mitch is so funny. He could like open with this and still make, keep getting funnier. It was like, the person was like, okay, so your script, uh, it opens exterior surface of a dorito <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> a guy was so hungry and wanted to eat he wrote exterior surface of a dorito <laughs> where does it go from there uh the planet funny and back <laughs> um now we introduce buzz domino tag team back dynamo again. i will thank you never to get that wrong again dynamo dynamo what I think, uh, she's like, this is worse than you not knowing who Dave Grusin is. I'm so sorry. I'll learn who Dave Grusin is if you promise to learn that it's pronounced Dynamo. Okay? I will. Okay. Uh, now he's an opera singer. Uh huh. What's your problem? I love it, man. Well, but don't you understand? He's an opera singer who's also, and this is always the case. Opera singers are always affiliated with. Energy and lightning. <laughs> I mean, I was very happy to see some of that 
choice blue lightning oh. special effect. And this guy was a real opera singer. I don't think we've seen him in anything really since or yeah, before or since. Maybe we have. His career should have taken off. I know. It off He's like a really rocket. singing. Oh yeah! See what I'm saying, Dynamo. Man. I love Dynamo. Oh, I just love the way he looks with that like pseudo Trojan helmet. Wait, who is the one then who got the chainsaw to the crotch? Buzzsaw. Buzzsaw. Wasn't that his Apropos. name? I think. Yeah. Buzzsaw. Yeah. Buzzsaw. Right. Um. And Amber gets thrown into the middle now of yeah. this, mm-hmm. and I thought it was pretty funny. Was like why she was in there was like. Uh, she flaunted the law and traditional morality by having sex with two to three men within the last year. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, and when they, maybe the creepiest part of this movie was when they cut to the announcer, like smoking a cigarette as they were trying to show like, yes, while he's lying and making stuff up about her, the oh, person I, who's doing it is this like creepy I dude. See, I, I must've been writing a note. Um, it was scary. Um, Wigdar, Yafet Koto? Yeah, I think so. I wig? got that feeling. I mean, my Wigdar tingled. I mean, and I calibrated right before this. So like Jesse Ventura, Wigdar. Yafet Koto, Wigdar. Yeah. Yeah, you got it set. Yeah. Um, like so you when, felt like it was in the right range. Yeah, I mean, when I saw Jesse Ventura, my Wigdar went to 100. <laughs> and when I went to Yafet Koto, it went to 102. But then I doubted myself also. I was like, hmm. Maybe. I mean, why would he? He had hair. Yeah. It just, there's something about the biggest giveaway for a wig is always how the low, the nape hair connects. Like if an actor ever looks down and the hair stays and doesn't go with the neck. Because so much focus goes on the front that people forget the back is the most telling. And I think. I think it is difficult to like spirit gum the back down because then if they look up, then the whole thing bunches up. It has to have Uh, some play, I think. Yeah. But you'd think there'd be some like elastic thing they could. I'm just saying, take a look at it, Hollywood. Take a look at it. Yeah. I mean, it is true that I noticed the wig most in the back with this one. Um, in in the Running Man, uh, the um, also when they're running around, it just looks like the future world of the Terminator. Like that was yes. bobbed out. It looks like right. the beginning of the Terminator. I will say that I love just seeing Yafet Koto in that Running Man suit because he's just got that kind of pop belly, and he kind of he's kind of like walking around like he's barefooted the whole time. Like everything just kind of like hot on the ground and just kind of hopping around. Yeah. Uh, I know. It, it reminded me like, uh, I think I told you there's a, a trio of like, uh, raunchy comedies. That's a uh, cool guy, fat guy, nerd. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this trio is cool guy, fat guy. nerd." That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. And I say it in the most loving way yeah. possible. Um, uh, the, um, and then you got some dude buggies with red smoke, light strobe lights, crazy guitar, 80s guitar soling. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then when the, oh, when the guy falls off the motorcycle and does the thing that I love when it's like a guitar soundtrack, when he falls off, it goes, <laughs> right? That shit is so good. It is good, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Now, who's the one who's playing possum? Because I couldn't figure out their names. I'm sorry. Who's the one who's like, they think he's dead? Dynamo. Dynamo. Right? Wait. And then um, 
then he gets into the chainsaw fight. Like Oh, buzzsaw. Buzzsaw, okay. Um he draws the person over by pretending to be dead. Yeah. I was thinking how it'd be funny if that person never got drawn over to check. <laughs> and so the guy's just laying there like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> I let this, this person know that I'm dead. <laughs> um, the, uh, I think the, um, this stuff is usually dumb in movies, but when you don't, Previously, as we mentioned, you don't really care like what the characters are, what the vibe is between them. You don't really care. The, my favorite part was when they're just doing arbitrary tech when they're pushing the buttons like Amber and the nerd. And he's like, one, seven, one. She's like, one, seven, one, four. No, one, seven, one, seven, one, four. Oh, my God. We've all been there. It's very similar when they were trying to crack the code in the prison too and they couldn't get it right because they had to go outside yes yeah um can i ask a question why does arnold say that's all right keep it before he puts the chainsaw on buzzsaw's crotch i i rewound it and he goes that's all right keep it i'm like what's he referencing if our listeners have any idea what that I'm not sure. Because it's such a pivotal, like, punchline before a big He's kill. Buzzsaw doesn't say something to him before that? I think he says, is it all right if I keep it? So maybe, <laughs> maybe he's responding to that. Dude, could I borrow this? Um, that was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I can't believe that. I mean, the head explosion was graphic, and then this. I was like, woo, this is hard R. Yeah. Um. Now, we didn't talk about this at the beginning. You'd seen this before. Yes. You saw when it first came out, like on video? Must have been video. Did I, it rattle you? Were there some stuff that felt no, too... No, this was like, I'm a, I would have been 14. So yeah. you're just like, this give is it to me. coolest thing on just, earth. Just pour it, pour some sugar on me. This is, you know... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was In the name always of aware, even at that age, that these were campy and stupid yeah but yeah just give it to me and i remember watching this with my friend chad and we just would marvel at richard dawson the running man you know and (laughs) what is your favorite schwarzenegger of this time i well excluding terminator maybe because that's just pretty fun i have a i always like have a weakness for the just the straight up gunfighting ones so commandos Mm -hmm. i enjoy I've never seen Commando. You I've been, haven't? Uh-uh, oh, I've been God. Thinking it's I like an hour and two minutes. It's super <laughs> short. And that's another Stephen D'Souza. I <clears throat> oh, right on. Um, I also like Raw Deal. <laughs> um, oh, Raw Deal was one that I was trying to think of. So Raw Deal, is that like a um, a revenge movie? Yes, I believe so. He goes against the mob. Raw Deal and Red Heat were easily yeah. mixable yeah. in my mind. Two one-syllable words. Yeah, with R. R's. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, I mean, I do like Total Recall, but almost Total Recall was too legit in a way, even though it was mm-hmm. so, it was campy in that it was kind of satirical in its own right, but also you get Paul Verhoeven involved in anything and there's just bringing that European sensibility yeah. with Arnold's off kilterness yeah. 
It's I good. always find a, it's good, but it's it's weird. It oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to take that seriously. Not like you should take Total Recall seriously. It just. What well, is funny then that in this Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that feels Robocopy ish. Yeah. That Paul Verhoeven's follow up movie would be with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, I think Commando's probably my favorite. I think it's when people started. There was a point where people stopped asking, are, are we taking this seriously? And then just took it seriously, Schwarzenegger, yeah. in a way. Well, I, I'm talking about kids that I went to school with. Like, yeah. It was the same thing with like some kids kind of watched wrestling unironically. Yeah. Where I did have to kind of go like, what are, what are we doing here? And it's like, you still have that these days when you see like certain reality TV programs going, are we really le- legitimizing this or social media even, or, you know, politics where you kind of like. You mean when you can see it's like bullshit? Yeah. When you can see it's bullshit, but that it also <gasps> becomes not the topic of discussion isn't like it becomes a topic of legitimate discussion in that it's worth, Oh God, how do I describe this? This discussion should be like, we're all laughing at this, right? But it always isn't. Yeah. Sometimes it's no, there's, you know, let's talk about this with it for its merits. And yeah. Oh, a movie my- like this is not meant to be talked about for its merits other than what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But you would get, kids going like oh my best buddies in high school were big uh wwf wwe fans and um i remember the tuesday mornings tuesday the day the night the day after monday night raw i was like settle in paul you were just gonna hear a lot of like talk about what happened last night on the wrestling shows um but i did like it because it was kind of those like you're overhearing stuff. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's going on over there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think like first blood to Rambo two is where it all happens. You know, like you first alone for really for everything, you know? Cause oh, yes. They, I perfect. Like someone realized, Oh, this thing's a cash cow. Now let's go crazy with it. And it never went back. I really don't know what I'm saying. I have to say, on this afternoon's episode, I mean, sorry, it's Sunday late at night. I am I am having trouble formulating my thoughts. I don't think so. I uh, think you've been uh, very... Uh, the most clarity uh, I've had is when uh, speaking through Irvin Kirshner. <laughs> well, that's like, um, you know, when somebody uh, fully imbues the character, they can... <laughs> Have access to knowledge. I'm just still. Um, when Russell Crowe played Einstein, I don't think he did. He would be able to be as brilliant as Einstein. <laughs> Wait, I'm thinking as a brilliant, beautiful mind, beautiful mind. Yeah. Uh, the uh, okay. So then, um, then the light up suit guy, the, cool, <laughs> the dynamo, and the cool future car buggy. Um, Why doesn't the buggy light up? Why isn't the buggy covered with little yeah, LED should be, lights? They could do it at the Disneyland Electrical yes. Parade. They should be able yes. to do it for this. <laughs> uh, oh, I when you watch an Arnold movie you haven't seen before, you hear stuff, you're like, oh, that was used in the sound pad. So it's like, I'm going to ram it down your fucking road or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I was like, oh, I remember that on those prank calls. Oh, every time... AD, uh, Arnold has to do ADR of him in a fight and he does it. He does it in Total Recall. He does it in a lot. But just that 
It is like a sound no human makes, including him if he was ever in stress or danger. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, would it be funny Arnold would actually get scared or frightened? He would actually emit just a high-pitched tone. He's like, Like Dynamo. And Buzzsaw. Oh my god, I love that. They knew it was just a little too grisly that he was getting a cr- chainsaw out of the crotch. So they had yes. to end it with like, don't worry, it makes his voice high. And yeah, it's funny. but they somehow make add insult to injury and just make it some <laughs> sexist joke in its own way. Uh, the uh, That's true. <laughs> uh, um, now, there's a part here where they bring in that guy from the yuppie party with the flamethrower jetpack. Yeah, that's Jim Brown, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. I love um, his hair. I love this whole part. This yeah. is just like when it got yeah. full cartoon comic booky. He was the first one I didn't want to see him die. No, me neither. Yeah. Which is funny because this is supposed to be the point where the audience is turning. Yes. Um, but uh, there's a part here where um, the, they try to show like how just mean this culture has gotten where a granny says something like, uh, fucker or something. Yes, that uh, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was trying to think. What would you say her age is? Right there, like that. What would you say the age of that granny is? The actress or the character she's supposed to be? Like the, the age the she's supposed character to be. she's supposed to be. Seventy. So in 1986, the difference between 2019, which is when the Running Man competition yeah. is taking place, to 86 is. Uh, 34 years. Okay. What I'm getting at is like, I think this woman is like my age. No. She was my age when the running man came out. She was like in her mid thirties. Like when it started? Uh, Or when the running man was released in theaters in like 1987. Oh, yes. The person who was 36 watching that movie at that time right. could go, oh, in 2019, I will be that age. Will I have those values? <laughs> will I be an elderly person who says the F word on TV? That, I mean, I sure say it now, but I can't see myself doing it in my golden years. <laughs> but I did think like, oh, that's not so... Everybody is so vulgar. Yeah, like the idea of that right. is kind of like, no, I could imagine a seven-year-old woman like screaming that yeah. <laughs> on TV somewhere. Was that the first? About a, like not wanting to wear a mask or something. What's Now, here's another question about movies. What's the first like real comedic bit of an old person doing something vulgar or weird, like rapping grandma, you know, just something out of their Well, age you could group. really pinpoint it if you wanted to be like, when they have they done something vulgar? Because you could go MPAA-wise, it would be impossible to find a grandma giving a middle finger. So just starting from like 1968, you could really track when like a granny... Now, I know you're talking about maybe a granny just surfing or maybe a granny playing no, electric I think, guitar. No, but something shocking. Like a middle finger yes. being up. Like that could easily, I think, be... <laughs> I'm just saying we wouldn't have to go to the silent period. <laughs> no, you mean you? If we want to go post haze code, yes. But what is there? Is something? What am I thinking? Oh, it's Naked Gun, where John Hausman is tells know, the driving, teenager to she raise your middle finger. But yeah, what's the? Isn't there some old woman that goes? Yes. Hop, hop. I know what you're talking about. 
There was a standard. The woman who plays Billy Madison's grandma was always, if you needed a grandma to appear in your dirty thing, she would do it. I haven't seen that movie, but is it Billy Bird? Is that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like she's in all these like teen sex comedies and it was like, I guess when she was on set, she was just like, I know nasty stuff is happening. (laughs) Nasty. Um, now this is when the tides turn and people start placing bets on the runner. That's right. Because they realize that sounds like a better thing to put a bet on than a ben stalker. Richards, the butcher of Bakersfield. Baker, the butcher of Bakersfield. So good. That's a lie, though. Oh, they yeah. make people think that. That's not true. Um, Why did they want to kill all those people at the food riot? I understood that they blamed it on him. But just to put down a riot, I guess. That's a dumb question. I get it. Oh, maybe they wanted to build a mall. <laughs> Probably. That's how all malls are built on the burial grounds of rioters. <laughs> uh, the uh, Then they go into that locker room with the skeletons. Now, that's not televised, huh? They're no. somehow outside the purview. Of, right, yeah. Hmm, I would just hang out there. I know. It's kind of like when you find a corner in a video game where the bad guys kick at you. Oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, a I'll safe just spot. stay here, yeah. shoot a gun as people pass <laughs> by. Might time. take a half hour, but... <laughs> take a pee break. Um, then they do the digital mat tracking, sw- swapping the likenesses so yeah. that he's fighting somebody else. Um, Mick Fleetwood comes back. Oh, then they get into that... R- wrestling match with barbed wire on the ropes yeah. and uh uh wait does jesse ventura die he doesn't in that fake because schwarzenegger does but what happens to jesse ventura why oh, am i forgetting do you right. not, do you not see what happens to him because he kills the decoy so it's, oh. and you don't see anything past that sequel <gasps> Running men. Oh, wow. Three running men and a baby. <laughs> the baby criminal. <laughs> um, then he joins the rebellion. And I like that in this movie, just like the politics of like the mid 80s is like, hey, you know what? When you join the underground ground rebellion, you get a gun. <laughs> That's like the big thing. He's like, all right, now you're going to shoot a gun. No beret, just a gun. <laughs> um, and then I loved, before they go into the last 12 minutes of the movie, yeah. they kind of have this like smoke and uh, fire, blue lighting atmosphere. Like it's kind of like um, coming in the air tonight type oh, music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it made me go like, Truly, I wish every movie before the last 12 minutes, they just kind of had dancers <laughs> come out and dance like, ooh, here we like, go. We're getting into the denouement or the, the yeah. climax. Of yeah, get ready, everybody. You know it's happening. Because <laughs> it is always cool in a movie. We're like, it's wrapping up. Here oh, we go. You're so right. You're so right. It's usually like a montage or something. I think there might even be one in Cobra where they're all clanking their axes. Yes. God, that movie is so fucking surreal. We gotta cover that. That's yeah. a that's a serial killer movie. It, yeah, it's a slasher. It's like a oh. oh, you know what we gotta do? What? We'll do a run of backdoor like slashers. Okay. Like um Fatal Attraction or something. And it's like Ten to Midnight. Yeah, yes. Ten to Midnight's perfect. Um like yeah, oh, oh, there's that one that's I watched it and I didn't think it was that much. It felt more Chuck Norrisy, 
But there's the movie that people are like Michael Myers versus Chuck Norris. That's a a guy who's created in a lab and he goes crazy. It's like more like a Frankenstein movie too. But and then Chuck Norris is like the sheriff who has to bring him down. What? I'll find the title. It's it's good. It is like in that period when they're just like, what are we gonna do with slashers now? I watched it and I was actually, like I said, disappointed that there wasn't more. Slashery elements to it. Hmm. Uh, it is Silent Rage. Never heard from 1982. Um, so then, uh, movies with public unmaskings of the villains. Now that's always going to be a little corny. Oh, you mean yes, right? When like the crowds all together and yeah. they're like, they start hearing a weird sound yeah. that sounds like the person they've been listening to. It's like, I think they're all nincompoops yes. and people are like that. And then always the the villain doesn't like understand what's going on for like the first like three moments because yeah. they're always like, what? How did they? Ha! Who? Head moving. Moving backwards now. <laughs> I, I was just, watching Dawson in this when he's watching it. He's so good. He's so understated. He's just looking at it. He's just kind of like he is good confused, at it. You know, and then he's like, "Wait, I'm being somebody's yeah, got the then controls." Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, God, the feeling of a public unmasking I is know. always so good. Because um, isn't there one in The Fugitive too, or something? Uh, where he confronts him in yep. the banquet room or yep. something. When the banquet's happening. Um, there's the also ones? one in Minority Report. Max yes, von Sydow gets a right. good Yeah, that's a good unmasking. one. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, the thing I was going to say about the... Um, oh, the way they were like, did the public unmasking where it was like, he really loves the people. Mm. It would be like a voiceover. And then it would cut to him, like, in private going, like, they could all die as far as I'm concerned. They could all die as far as I'm concerned. They could all... Like, it was, like, yeah. this edited package. MTV, yeah, sweet edited. Well, it did made me think, I was like, this fucking corny-ass Lincoln Society shit. <laughs> it felt like like one of those, like, uh, Donald Trump is not a role model for your children. I was like, no fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the way it was presented did feel like a political ad that like we're gonna get the younger generation to be on board with being against Richard Dawson here and that was probably new and fresh at that time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The like you said the MTV thing um, one last uh, only in the movies and I love it is after the action's all done for whatever reason a large crowd clears out <laughs> So that the two main people yes. in the movie are alone. This is and what then they, they came tur- to see. And then they turn around. Right. They would die to see this. This is everything that Running Man exemplifies. They left too early. They should have stayed oh. there. They would have gotten the big cathartic release to see those two hug and kiss. My favorite thing maybe in this whole movie is Dawson's bodyguard yes. coming out to protect oh. him. Sven Torsen, And he... It's both it's both hilarious. It's such a good move. It's kind of like in Raiders when he shoots the Cairo swordsman. But also uh-huh. like a real ballsy move because at that time all this whole movie you're like Schwarzenegger's going to definitely going to face off with this guy. Yeah. And they like it it seems like those movies were 
it was impossible for them to resist strongmen fighting. Yeah, even though this movie's packed with it, especially to, like the Chekhov's strongman. Yes, man. yeah, that's yeah. right. To pull that little twist was so great, and just the way I he does like it that. of like, not only am I not going to fight this guy because he's so badass, but I kind of respect him. Yeah, and yeah. you know, like we could be friends, and I know that actor. You know, is he, he in Mallrats? I don't know. I've never seen Mallrats, but oh, we got him. <laughs> We'll do that in the back room, back room uh, slasher, the back door slasher movie. He just was always in these movies, and but he himself never like, yeah, mm-hmm. never broke through. Sven Ole Torsen, I believe is his name. Oh. Um, and I want to say he's in, is he in Rambo 3 as well? Um, what if it does have like a sort of Raiders background, you know, because the Harrison Ford story had diarrhea. And oh, they're like, yeah. can we just wrap this up quickly and not shoot the fight? If that was the case here, but... Schwarzenegger has such an ego. He doesn't want to let the story out, but it was like, he was just like shitting out of his ass and mouth. (laughs) They're like, okay, uh, we'll just say this guy doesn't want to fight you and uh, call it a night. Is he in Mulrath? Oh boy. He is. Yes. LaFors. Yeah. LaFors. I knew it. Is he in, now is he in Rambo three? He's in last action hero. He's an eraser. He's in lethal weapon three Terminator two as mall security guard. Hunt for Red October. Oh, he's a mall security guard in uh, Mall Rats. Oh, Red Heat, uh, Predator. So Schwarzenegger was—he's in Lethal Weapon. Looking this guy up, Raw Deal, Red Sonia. I think he's like—is he is Schwarzenegger's friend or something? Stuntman? No, standing. Uh, he might be as well, but I do think he's Schwarzenegger's buddy. Let me see. Schwarzenegger's distinctive look is the best when they're stunts. And you see like a phony Schwarzenegger, yes, like there ain't nobody who can look like that guy because no. this guy just looks like a nerd with glasses. <laughs> He's the actor who appeared in, in most Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, 15 and counting. Whoa. Yeah. Well, how did that? He was not in Twins. <laughs> okay, Arnold. Okay. <laughs> I, I beg the lightning to let me bring him in. Um, the thing that would make me and my high school friends laugh about Schwarzenegger Um. One was the 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 sixth day. There's a part where he there's a clone of himself, and they're supposed to say "cool" at the same time. Yeah. But the movie didn't care enough to try to sing it, so it goes "cool." <laughs> <laughs> I think I've talked about "cool" before. I don't remember but, that. But uh, 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 the other thing uh, is like um, "cool." When you're watching an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, now not like these. Like I feel like Predator is also like a really good performance because the director's like looking out for him. Yeah. What's, it, what's to make Schwarzenegger look good. But there's some movies like Jingle All the Way where you'll like go, and that was the best take. <laughs> where it'll be like, I needed to go there. And you're like, there were worse takes they couldn't use? Uh, or the only take. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's like, I got a cigar to smoke. Uh the um the credits were so good too. No more lonely nights. No more lonely nights with a restless heart. And then they go. Then they had some fake announcements. Yeah, some post credits announcements. Brought to you by blank blank blank, and that's when it got pretty a little political. Yeah. And so I started thinking like, oh maybe these are like the last things written. Let's get them in. Let's there. just get this thing in real quick and make it seem like yeah. the messages were always there. Yeah. Um, but that's it. I mean, what are you picking for best kill? Oh, chainsaw crotch. Yeah. Buzzsaw. I, I mean, I think I got to go with that as well. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll just, I'll go head explosion guy. 
Okay, yeah. Head guy and you do buzzsaw. Now out of 13, <coughs> reminding us where we are. Please, thank you. Um, also, um, uh, a thank you. I said this off mic, but just so you guys know what a sweetie Matt is, he brewed a whole cup of coffee just for me because I wanted a coffee. It ain't nothing. Thank you so much. I want much. you to have your hot brown. Yeah. You gave the Dead Zone 11.5. I gave it an 11. You gave Silver Bullet a 9, and so did I. You gave Maximum Overdrive a 7. I gave it an 8. And Misery, you gave a 13 and... Oh, no, sorry, 12.5, and I gave it a 12. What out of 13 will you give The Running Man? What did I give? What did I give Maximum Overdrive? Can you a really? 7. 7. Let's say I give this a eight and a half. Yeah, that's... A Fellini. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? I gotta go... I gotta go... I know I'm at least a nine. I'm wondering if I'm gonna go... Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go 9.5. Nice. Oh, yeah. It feels good. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, right now as we pick the next week's title, I just feel like it's been a really good mix of high, low, different styles, different vibes. We haven't really had to. So I'm curious. Now, what are, you're going to have to read these titles, not in order of what they are on that list, because it might tip me off to the numbers. I won't. But what are the remaining five, just so we know? We're halfway through the spring campaign. And the remaining titles are Cujo, The Mist, Christine, Carrie, and Children of the Corps. God, I'm excited to watch all of those. I know, me too. Four Cs. So your numbers you can choose are three, seven, one, six, and eight. Three, Three, seven, three, seven, one, six, and eight. Or I guess I should say one, three, six, seven, eight. One, three, six, seven, eight. That's... One, three. Let's do six, six as in six, six, six. We are watching the next Spring King Fling film is a Paul selection. So Ooh, we, we're keeping been, it up the zipper of uh, Matt and Paul picks. And we're going to close out the automotive themed uh, King Fling trend with oh my God. Christine. I'm so excited to watch Christine. Uh, I haven't uh, seen Christine since it's been out. Really? You, yeah. did, you saw it when it came out, like in theaters it, or a video. video? Yeah. I have watched it probably once a year oh since I was 13. I oh. love Christine. Next week, we got Christine. Will Smith will be back. I'm certain of it. Um, and if not, um, somebody named Christine. We'll try to have that as a guest, right? Christine I think, Baranski, I think, has been bothering us to... Yeah, well, and she also, wants to be well, a produce. She wants to produce it. That's what's tough, because Christine Embersall wants to do it. Oh, shit, that's right. We... We both had different Christines reach out to us. I also had um, new adventures from old Christine work out to work out to me. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> she did have new adventures though, right? I think so. Or did she have old ones and she was new? Well, we'll have to get to the bottom of that before yeah. next Friday. We're going to have three Christines producing this program. If, well, no, we won't because Will will be here. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't I know mean, why we would. But, he'll be fresh uh, off his win, I'm sure. And we'll, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. 
Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Mac Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.